everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Hoaxbusters call. Join the discussion by dialing 724-447-444. Call ID 90337. Hey, hey. Yeah, how's it going, everybody? Uh, it is... Is it November? It's November 30th. Excuse me, uh, Monday, November 30th, 2015. And, uh, yeah, it's Hoaxbusters Call. And, uh, yeah, we're here to, uh, oh, well, bust hoax is right. Right. And, uh, wow, who's on the chat? This is post, uh, Black Friday and, uh, Fright and then, uh, Thanksgiving Day holiday. Right, right. And then, uh, in the chat, we got RLC, Benjamin J, uh, Greg NG, Java Ring, Ozzy, Powdered Wig Man, Richard Benedict 73 and Wade 57. All right. Yeah, yeah. So the Turkey Day uh uh what celebrations are like people take a day off, kick back and eat some grub and uh I guess looking at the football on TV or not or uh I don't know. We talked about this before. Oh, it's just Wall-to-wall commercials is like, how much football goes on during the game? I think, like, you actually, I don't know, they broke it down on some site. And we were talking about football, and it's like, yeah, they actually play not even 20 minutes of football if you just pull out the parts where actual uh, ball is in play and there's action on the field, and but the rest is commentary shots of, you know, people out in the crowd, maybe some cheerleader shots, maybe some, uh, I don't know, somebody dressed up in a, like a Pelican suit doing cartwheels. And then the rest is just commercial, commercial, commercial. And then, uh, they call that football. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, if, I would think that somebody that would be like really interested in football, that'd be more an exercise in just futility and frustration. It's like, yeah, was there a football game? I forget what I was writing in there. Yeah. But anyway, but, uh, yeah, then, uh, 
there's the follow-up where they're starting Black Friday on Thanksgiving now. I don't know. I forget about that. Is it? Uh, I, I totally forgot about all that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> since I no longer work full time, I don't really get any kind of notification that oh yeah, it's uh, it's coming up. Now you got you know family member stuff like uh, like I was talking about it, my brother visiting, but he came down with his family like uh like a week and a half prior so it's kind of like oh yeah we all got together over my mom's house and then that was kind of a early kind of i guess a thanksgiving but it you know it wasn't on thanksgiving and all that so i was just totally out of the loop on the whole thing so i ended up really doing my normal routine and i ended up i i was thinking about the whole Oh, uh, is the earth flat or it ain't, ain't flat? And, uh, so yeah, it's kind of the, of course, it's, it's, it's all over the internet now. And, uh, of course, a lot of the people in the so-called alternative uh, truth are maybe looking into fakery, looking into hoaxes, looking into nasty stuff. And then now it's, it, it, it's getting, uh, incorporated into the, uh, questions about whether the earth is flat or not. And, and, uh, yeah, which is, um, I, I, I take it as very, uh, on, on one hand, uh, I'm really suspicious of the whole, all, all of a sudden appearance of flat earth discussion. I really am. it, It really kind of just, you know, gets my, uh, my uh whatever you want to call it my 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 intuitions or my thoughts about well yeah that's kind of odd how it just kind of popped up seemingly out of the clear blue sky and just got a lot of traction really really quickly and uh then i was thinking well on the other hand i've looking at some of these videos that's out there and stuff like that. And man, I'm getting sucked in. Cause it's like, Oh, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And I never thought about this or that. So I could kind of understand from that perspective, how, you know, somebody who's looked into it and then they're putting together a video, how that, how that can get a lot of attention and interest. So, yeah. So I'm kind of a, a bit torn there, but yeah, it, 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 it has this, has this uh, sudden appearance on the scene. Uh, I remember, uh, I don't know how long ago it was. I've been doing these calls for uh, 40 years or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. But yeah, 2011, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't know how far along. I I remember we've had discussions along the line of you know maybe not postulating whether earth is flat or not or, or what but uh just taking note of you know what's out there as far as uh time-lapse photography of this of the starry sky for instance and what you'll see posted out there on the internets of course you know you're getting Secondhand information from a 
from an unknown source, but uh, you're factoring in too that it's like, oh, these are you know photographers. It's not a, it's not any, not from NASA. It's not from any, in any buddy that has an apparent of, uh, agenda of any sort. It's like, oh yeah, I just like to take these neat pictures and here they are. And it's like, how do you see the stars in the sky in the time-lapse photos? Cause I remember talking about this as it was Marcus Allen be on the call. And we, we, this, the subject would come up cause he, he had a, a real issue with the moon. It really bothered him. Like, Oh, the moon, what, what is the deal with the moon? How does it appear bigger? What's the thing with, and they say it's an optical illusion and I'm not buying it. And this is, well, I don't know. How do you see it on photos? Why does it look big on photos? If it's an op, if it's just a trick that's being played in your mind and Oh yeah, we talked about all the stuff. And then the thing about the stars came up and that I, I, I don't know uh, enough about cosmology and all that stuff to, you know, put out an, a, a real informed opinion about any of this stuff. So it just, but I think it's uh, important to keep in mind that, uh, you know, our assessments about, okay, where, what the, what is the nature of reality as far as like the cosmology and the globe and all that? It's like, where do you get all that information? Well, you get it from school and you get it from the quote unquote authorities. And once you kind of, step over that threshold to where you're no longer accepting what's has been fed to you by authorities, then yeah, this stuff's open for question. No doubt about it. I mean, yeah, of course it's open for question. So I'm kind of at the point where it's like, Oh, why do I need to have flat earth proven to me? Like it looks flat to me. <laughs> I just say that it looks flat to me, looks flat to me. And then, uh, what would be who would bear the burden of proof if for all practical purposes the earth looks flat to you like uh well let me just finish up what i was saying about the stars in the sky like okay we're we're asking like okay so the stars you're seeing them and then the polar stars at the center and it stays at the center uh, is this no matter where you're at on the on the globe or how does this supposed to work? I don't know. And and if you're at the equator, right, you should, your time-lapse photo of the stars should depict them streaking directly overhead from, you know, uh, towards from, you know, with the, the, the direction, the ball spinning to the, you know what I'm saying? But it, it, the, there should be photos of time-lapse star fields where you're just seeing streaks, from one end of the horizon to the other, not, not, not a rotate, not a rotational pattern, right? Because you're, because your perspective has changed. You're at the equator. You're at, you're at the part where that's, you know, at the uh, center of the spinning, this, you know, alleged spinning sphere. So from that vantage point, uh, anything that's out, out, outside of the boundaries of that would in relation to you would be, yeah, streaking directly overhead, right? I, you know, I, I mean, that seemed pretty straightforward to me, but uh, apparently it's not. I, you know, it's like, well, and maybe somebody say, oh, you need to just ask, ask an expert and ask a, you know, I did, I do have that phone call where I asked the astrophysicist 
that was actually the professor to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh my, yeah, for real. And uh, so I just asked him some questions about one thing I noticed that was out there on the internet and they're showing the, you know, time lapse of the sun in the sky and like, okay, this is taken from a high altitude and like, oh, there, here's the sun and here, here it comes. And then, oh, wait a minute. How come the sun looks like it's getting bigger as it's getting closer? It's not, not supposed to do that, is it? So, so it was this alleged, uh, time lapse of a high altitude shot of the sun, you know, rising you know as, as it gets higher well no look look for all the world like it was at a, coming at an arc uh as if something as an object approaching you as if it was sort of a, a, a close you know it's bigger it is it's not something 30, 93 mile, million miles away it doesn't look like it. but uh you know that's just from appearances in other words if, uh, you know, I had some kind of vantage point like that and I could take a camera out there, you know, that was, that's what I would see. I would see the sun appear to get bigger and get closer and get bigger as it gets closer. But according to the astrophysicist cat, he's like, well, that's, you have to understand that the, you know, the atmosphere is like a lens and then it, it distorts uh, the sizes of things. And, uh, so when, you know, there's, it's at the horizon, you know, there's more atmosphere for the light to travel through and it creates a refractive effect of making the sun appear as if it's smaller. But if you're at a higher altitude, it's, you know, the atmosphere is, you know, thinner relatively. And then as it comes, uh, from your vantage point to, a through the atmosphere where it uh, ha has uh, less dense atmosphere, so it will have less light refraction and appear bigger. So uh, I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, like I remember the conversations we had when Marcus was on the call talking about the moon. Yeah, what about the moon? How come it looks so dang big on the horizon? Like, man, yeah, it sure looks big, dude. Like, you know, it's a... a, a optical illusion so yeah i tried the thing where it says oh yeah put your thumb up to it and put your thumb up to it when it's high up in the sky and you'll see the proportional relationship to like how how and then it's like yeah yeah i think i, I did i go outside and i, I tried that and it's like mm, yeah kind of kind of yeah it seems to but then you know i i didn't have uh uh, you'd have to go and, and look at the quote unquote harvest moon and see how big that is in relation to, to your thumb and then do a, you know, cross comparison, right? Okay. Well, but then, okay. What happened to the light refraction issue? It doesn't apply to the moon. So the moon's on the horizon. So there's more atmosphere for the light to refract through. But instead of making it smaller like it does the sun, it makes it look way bigger. So, yeah, well, I to me, that doesn't. Uh, how, how do you reconcile those two positions? I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so it's uh, I'm kind of at the point where, you know, I, I don't, I'm not quite there. You know, if I could go. 
and look and see what people out there on the internet are claiming to see like oh here you know uh, you could zoom in with a telephoto lens and you you could see a, a boat way out there on the horizon that's really shouldn't for all practical purposes be able to see because it should technically be well behind the curve of the earth and but i haven't i haven't had the opportunity to do that um so in other words trying to get empirical you know something i see with my own eyes instead of taking any secondhand information from any source whatsoever that would that would be but uh i i don't have a hard time believing that i could uh it's kind of tough to believe that these 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 videos are frauds and fakes it could be i I don't know i don't rule it out see that's what i'm saying um but another interesting thing is like uh secondhand information you know like hearsay or whatever that you find on the internet that has absolutely nothing to do with any kind of debate about whether the earth is earth is flat or not that's what's really interesting when you run across that or where people are just casually conversating about something totally unrelated to that and saying oh yeah i can see chicago or lake superior and yeah we saw that uh, last and then uh uh you know we had those really clear days. It was like, yeah, I was sitting on my porch looking at Chicago. It's like, mm, yeah, do you see Chicago from that far away? And then there's that uh, footage from a newscast where they're saying, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know if it was Chicago or what it was, but it was a city that, in other words, that you weren't supposed to see from that far away. They're saying, oh, that's a mirage. And... uh so it's light refraction, ref, refraction, you know, again with, you know, light refraction. And then that's, that's making you see it and it, it sure looks solid and it sure looks nothing like, uh, other mirages that are typical, like on the road, everybody's seen those it, where it's, everything's wavy and wobbly and, you know, distorted and sh- has a shimmering look to it. It's nothing like that. It's just, Solid as if you're looking at it. Oh, it's a mirage too. So, mm, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I buy that. So all these like uh, uh, mirages that are out there, and it's you know, so people are talking about that that have you know, it never if, from all appearances like has nothing to do with like they're claiming Earth is flat or not, and they don't even know that they're not supposed to see it from that far away. And they're not even questioning it. They're just making a note of it. Oh yeah, did you you know? So really clear day, you're seeing skylines of cities that you just absolutely should not see, and uh, you know, 50 miles away, 100 miles away, 80 miles away. There's like even further than that. There's you know, flat plains of desert where you can see for miles and miles and miles, and there'll be like a mountain range or a hill range on the other side and you know you see clearly to the other side you see clearly the base of the mountains clicks clearly uh i recall i've done quite a bit of hiking and out in the mountains and stuff like that and then i think you know coming upon like a a lake in the mountains and then you're at the shore of the lake and the lake's a pretty substantial lake and it goes on for what half a mile and or you know, a, a long way, in other words, and you could see to the shore 
on the opposite side. Uh, what's another place that comes to mind? Oh yeah, Lake uh, Tahoe. How how wide is Lake Tahoe? I don't know. It's it's pretty wide. It's not a small lake. It's a and yeah, you could, you could, you could, uh, they got little, uh, those, I think those little, uh, telescopes, maybe I'm mistaken. I might, might be confusing that with another place, but yeah, you could see the, that's an awesome lake, by the way. But yeah, you could, you could see look at the other side easy. It's not obstructed by a, a hump or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, there's all that. So what are you seeing with your own eyes that you can see for yourself versus, what you're told that you should be seeing, that you should be seeing evidence of a curvature. So based on that, I'll just go ahead and conclude that, oh, it looks flat to me. So yeah, so if it's a, it's a globe, I, I now need to see like actual empirical proof with my own eyes that it's a globe. <coughs> Otherwise, somebody asked me if I'm a flat earther, I say, that ah, looks flat to me. That's all I know. That's all I know. Uh, if you want to invoke optical illusions and uh, floating phantoms and refractions and you got all the calculations and all that stuff to work out, uh, maybe keep that to yourself unless you want to point out that, oh, you know, you notice that shimmering, right? Or that uh, it's like, no, I don't notice any. It's as solid as, as anything can be. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? It's like, what can you see with your own eyes where you don't have to invoke uh, graph charts or calculations or theories or uh, Magellan or any of those uh, Galileo or any just what can you see with your own eyes that confirms if something is true or not? That's that's kind of is uh goes off of uh something I talked about on the last call something that I got something that's kind of an uh, I guess an epiphany or whatever you want to call it where it's like I came to the realization of something about empiricism because you hear that thrown around a lot with uh, you know especially like uh uh yeah you're debating the darwinist you're debating somebody who's you know global warming or or something so you know it's like oh well you know, you've got some kind of uh, a bizarre worldview. I don't know where you're coming from, but see, now my worldview is empirically, empirically, based, empirically based. And uh, you say it with a, a British accent, and then it makes it sound more authoritative. But do you even know what you're talking about? Because you look up the definition of empiricism, it's something that, like, if you whatever definition I've ever ran across, and then you know, here we go with definitions. But I'm I'm just talking about you know standard definition how it's used. It's that uh, yeah, information that you take in with your with with your senses, like your your sight, and you, you know you maybe take even you're going to measure it with yourself. I talked about that on the last call, and that's that's what I understand empiricism to be, right? Well, yeah, because that's science. That's that's that doing empiric empiricism and all that figuring things out so yeah for them not for me they tell me what they did right and then that's not empirical at that point for me now if they're telling me something 
that I can verify for myself. And then I go on a science website and say, yeah, you want to do some science, get you some, uh, I don't know, get you some, uh, what is it that they showed me this in science class when I was in, in, in junior high, like the science teacher took out some, uh, uh, sulfur dioxide i don't know and then he takes a little bit out and he throws in water and it bam it blows up like a little firecracker it's just a little small amount he took it like he had one of them little science teaspoons and he a little bitty thing just a little small scoop and he threw it like in a fish tank and it went pow blew up and it was like ooh, everybody's like ooh, yeah science cool it's awesome it's like yeah so if i get you know if I were to run across some of that stuff and then like I can duck, it's like, Oh yeah. Every time it happens, it blows like, so I'm, you know, I've, I've, I, and then somehow I can verify that that compound is what it's claimed to be and all that. And then I could do the experiments and do the, you know, create the reactions and do the things myself. But in that case, it was my science teacher demonstrating, demonstrating it to me right in front of our own eyes. So, like that's empirical for you at that point. Right. Um, and you know, I just take his word that it's, you know, sulfur dioxide or whatever. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, whatever you're getting out of a textbook or whatever you're getting on the internet or whatever you're getting on a YouTube video or something, it's not, it's not by definition empirical, but yeah, it's video. It's evidence. It's like, it's like, it's like seeing it with your own eyes, but it's not, it's like, no, not really, not really. Cause you know, of course, video can be fabricated. It could be, uh, then you, 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 you're just, you're getting it out of context no matter what. But like I said, you got to factor in where it's the source of the video and what the, you know, potential, you know, motives may be to maybe steer you wrong or whatever. It has all kinds of factors, but yeah, em empiricism. I, I just think it's an important point to remember uh, that empiricism is stuff that you see with your own eyes and you can verify for yourself. Empiricism is not something that somebody tells you, and it doesn't matter if they're a scientist, and it doesn't matter if they have, like, four PhDs even. And it, and, and here's another thing. I know this is like super hard for people to believe. Even if a group of scientists, even if there's a, like a science consensus, that's still not empirical, still not empirical for you. So that's, I think a real important thing to understand, to really grasp. Like, you know, because, you know, Video from NASA's, you know, people will hold that out as proof. Oh, yeah. That's, what more do you need that the Earth is a globe or that, you know, men went to the moon and then, then the video evidence they show you, you idiot. Can't you see it? It's, it's on video. It's like, yeah, but then there's like Mary Poppins floating through the cloud with an umbrella talking to like cartoon rabbits on on film two from 1963 so somewhere around there so yeah you know is that real 
I, you know, I, I, but no, NASA would never do that because they're, they're authorities and, and authorities don't do that kind of thing. They, they don't, they don't tell big giant whoppers of lies because, oh, what would they gain? They can't make money off lying to people like that and there's be no reason to do it. They're, they're scientists. So therefore they're only, uh, motivation in life is just the relentless pursuit of facts and evidence and truth. And so if somebody's calling themselves a scientist, you must, you know, take it, take it that as prima facie evidence that, that their whole main objective and reason for existence on this planet is the relentless pursuit of facts and evidence and presenting those to the people in the most clear and concise way possible. And, uh, you just need to believe in trust and science. Uh, but yeah, quote is the orchestration of press, radio, and television to create a continuous lasting and total environment renders the influence of propaganda virtually unnoticed precisely because it creates a constant environment. That's from Jacques Zilol. Uh, and that's a recycled quote. I, I think I've used that a couple of times, but yeah, that's, that's one that bears repeating because, uh, uh, it's a good one. Yeah. So you have propaganda coming to you from, uh, coordinated, multifaceted outlets like universities. Uh, the media, uh, Hollywood, uh, your popular bands even, cause they will, you know, promulgate whatever, uh, propaganda that's out there. They'll, you know, you know, like this recent thing involving, uh, a, a band and uh i you know what i should i was gonna watch the interview with the band in that recent parachuting thing and i never got around to it because they're saying oh it's the most it's it's the it's the, it's the crisis actor award of the probably the since there's been a crisis actor award it's, it's hands down gonna go to the, this guy in this band because it's just the, the worst acting ever. So it's like, ah, oh, yeah, probably. I don't know if I need to even bother looking at it, but, uh, yeah, that's what they say. So yeah, if you've seen it, you know what they're talking about. Cause I, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but yeah. Uh, uh, oh yeah, by the way. And, uh, oh yeah, I'm sorry if I didn't get back to you on the email. Cause, uh, yeah, sometimes I do that. I'll go, somebody will send me something and I'll go checking it out. And then I go, she says, oh yeah, you should check out this documentary about the, about the dude that was in this band because vice put out a documentary about the, the front man of this band that was involved with the shooting and, you know, just happenstance to delete and coincidentally came out like a, a few months before the shooting. And it, it's like, uh, I guess, you know, all of it's kind of orchestrated to kind of set this guy up for, you know, to be a household name and a success. But then, uh, it just went into how, oh, he's a rocker 
and uh, also a Catholic priest. And uh, so he does uh, like a conservative uh, Christian talk show. And then he also does like a, uh, a rock and roll podcast where he, he gets all, you know, wild and crazy and drugged out and, you know, fires guns off in the house or whatever, you know, and then he's got his conservative. It, it's just a real whacked out. Uh, is the guy for real? I don't know. I mean, watching the documentary, the guy will break, he breaks down and cry, you know, his son. And there's like custody dispute between him and, him and his ex-wife and stuff like that. And, and like, he, he just starts bawling about it. It's like, yeah, I don't know. That guy doesn't seem like he's acting there. If he's acting there, he's like, he's a really, really good actor. And I, I don't know, but I don't know the guy. So I don't know. I've never heard of him before. Um, uh, so, um, wasn't Jesse Dupree or something like, I don't know. That's not his name. I can't think of his name, but anyway. Um, that was <coughs> the documentary and, um, I just thought it was very interesting because you keep in mind that, uh, you know, a lot of this, you know, we talk about with the, oh, the fake ISIS and the fake Muslims and the terrorists and the, it's, it's actually, uh, it's like a war against religion that's going on right now. That's, that's really what it is. It's like to discredit and, uh, yeah, tear down religious beliefs. And, uh, from what I understand that that progression is, is, has gone a lot further, like in, in Europe and stuff like that. Like people don't, people don't, um, believe in God. They've, they've embraced secular humanism, to a larger degree, uh, they don't take religion or belief in God or belief in creators seriously at all, uh, from what I understand. Uh, but that, you know, that could be propaganda too. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't have that much direct familiarity with Europe and never been to Europe. So, um, but we talked about before the cult of reason and that came out of France. And it's interesting that these, this, these psychological, psychological operations of all the places in the world that they could be staged out of their stage out of France. So that's interesting. And that's, and then the theme, the narrative is, um, Oh, look how bad religion is. It's just horrible. Like the Charlie Hebdo. So they're pitting, they're creating the dialectic where it's like, Oh, here's some fun loving satirists that are, you know, just making fun of everything. And then they get, the evil ISIS comes in and the evil Muslims come in and, and, and just viciously murder them. And, Oh, how, how horrible is it that that's, that happened. And then, and then another incident where it's just, Oh, it's just a bunch of free, uh, freedom loving, ha happy Bohemians out on a night on the town and, and just, you know, enjoying life and trying to have fun and all oh, the, the, the bad, bad, religious people come and, and mercilessly, viciously slaughter them. And, oh, it's very, very bad. Re religion is very, very bad. And it's, and it's essentially that simplistic, you know, it's like, it's just that cut and dry and simplistic. It's like, yeah, never mind that, you know, you know, NATO forces are, 
<clears throat> dropping bombs on Muslims and all that and killing kids and all that and wedding parties and all that. Because, I mean, that's what you hear in the news, right? But that has no bearing on whether they should or shouldn't come and kill some folks in Europe or whatever. But no, no, it's like, no, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's religiously motivated and it's bad. Well, you know, of course, 9-11 too. That was horrible, horrible. And it was religious, religious, religious motivated, right? Oh, Muslims hate our free, hate our freedom, hate our freedom, really. And they come and then they want to like mess up a good thing we got going over here with our, with our, with our freedom and our Black Friday and all that. And, uh, yeah. So yeah. Oh, by the way, you watching a Black Friday video? Yeah, it's like, is it getting worse or is it just me? I don't know. It's like, wow, is this stuff getting worse? It's like, there's, seems like, more of it, or maybe they're replaying some of the old ones and mixing it with the new ones so they can have like a better YouTube video for people to check out. But it's like, what? Wow. And then, uh, yeah, I was checking out fakeologist.com and he put a post about Black Friday and says, Yeah, do you think maybe some of this could be orchestrated and, and staged? Like, there's that one where this woman, like, she like snatches a a box out of a little child's hand and it's the, the mother is like, they're, I guess they're trying to get out of the store before they get trampled. And then like, as they're making their way out, like this other, this woman runs up to the child and like snatches a box out of her hand. And it's just, it's, it's like, I don't know if that was staged, they did a pretty good job of making it look, you know, pretty realistic, but then that doesn't mean it, it, it couldn't have been staged. I, I don't know, but, um, but I'm just comparing, comparing it to other stuff that is I'm pretty sure was staged. And then it's like, it doesn't look real at all, but that looked pretty, pretty substantially real. I don't know. You see a lot of fake stuff and stage stuff on the internet, but it's like, um, yeah. And then do you know it's fake or, you know, it's staged every time. Cause it's like some stuff that's like, yeah, that was set. That was totally set up and phony baloney. But then, uh, but then again, too, maybe uh, somebody happened to hesitate or something to make it look like it was stilted and contrived and phony, and but it really did happen. But no, I don't think like somebody that's like you readily identify it as fake. But uh, but you don't really, <coughs> excuse me, actually know a hundred percent, do you? Um, <clears throat> but could it be fake? Yeah, I guess. But is the Black Friday? Uh, sort of like feeding frenzy thing, like where the people are just going berserk, trying to get the good deals on, uh, you know, toaster ovens and stuff that they don't need. Is that really happening? It's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I was in Kmart on Black Friday, incidentally, forgetting that again, I forgetting that it's Black Friday. I just, it never crossed my mind. I had to run out and get something, you know, specific that only Kmart had or only a store like Kmart is like that has a camping supply. I was trying to get a, I got a little uh, portable propane little stove. It's pretty cool. It's a little, it's called, it's a brand is Mr. Heater. It's like a little, uh, portable, portable propane stove. And I recommend it if anybody was, is investigating and maybe needing something like that. And, uh, so I looked around online to see what had the good ratings and all that. And I found that and I was like, yeah, oh, get one of those. Go ahead and eat something. 
if I, I use wood, but if I don't want to go out and get wood and start a fire and then it like, okay, it's hard to manage like how warm it will get in here. So if it's not super cold, I, I, I need something to kind of fill the gap between my wood stove and that. So it's like, yeah, I need a little propane heater. And plus you can use it in the house and it takes those little propane bottles. They're a little one pound bottle. So I got to go track those down. And I had to go track those down. So I had to go to Kmart and it was black Friday. And it's like, wow, there's all these people in here. Um, they weren't, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't like WWF Smackdown, like you see on the YouTube videos. So it's like, well, and then, you know, another thing too, that's important to point out, it wasn't midnight on black Friday. It was like the evening of, of Friday. So it's like, I guess that's like way after the fact, you know, cause don't they, have the door busting thing and all that at the midnight, I guess. I, I Yeah. So midnight, Black Friday. So Thanksgiving Day, and you stay up till midnight and then go to the stores. Is that how it works? You take a nap, I guess. You eat some turkey. You go into a coma briefly. You get up and you go to the stores. And then you kind of wait in line outside till midnight. I guess that's what's hap- what happens. And then... Thursday is Thanksgiving, Friday's Black Friday, but it starts at midnight. Yeah. Right? Oh, I don't know. But uh No, it wasn't it wasn't chaotic or anything. But then, you know, then again too, I wasn't there at the right time. But yeah, what was the point? Oh yeah, is is our culture really that far gone? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um people fight over stuff that's been in the store all year and it's supposed to have like some phenomenal discounts on it. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I said, you know, check the prices on that stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, I guess, uh, you know, that particular item is, you know, yeah, I guess that's a pretty good markdown on that. But like, if you looked online and then you kind of shopped around on there and then you like, most of these places will give you free shipping. So you can, so you could have had it delivered to your door for like 40 bucks more free shipping if you wait two days, but no, you got to be on the scene and, 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 and battle it out with like a crowd of people. Okay. Now, now it's come to mind what I wanted to point out about that. I didn't want to go into black Friday. I don't, I don't really care. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I've, I'm already, 100% convinced that our society and culture and everything is, is completely f- fucking batshit crazy anyway. So it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, they go fight each other in the store. It's like, ah, why, you know, why wouldn't they? What, how is that even noteworthy, really, you know, compared to the nutty, absolutely crazy, logically fallacious horseshit that is just, is at the, at the, it's the, it's the, it, it, it is the very crux of this system. You know, I, I so it's like, yeah, I, I don't really uh, want to belabor that point other than to point out that, oh, well, you know, um, you go down the road with that seatbelt and they pull you over and you get a ticket and, and it's all under the pretext that, oh, well, you know, they're, it's for your safety. So everybody, uh, oh, everybody, uh, 
you know, defers to authority and it's like, oh, yeah, it's necessary. It's for safety and it's for safe, this and that and laws and codes and rules and regulations and everything's for safety. But Black Friday, oh, you can have your store just way over capacity, just violating every fire code and every concern for safety imaginable. People like you, you watch the videos and they're trying to cram themselves to the door. People are getting wedged up in between the door jam and like screaming out for help me help me it's like people are trying to get through and they it's like and then you hear stories that somebody allegedly dies and then it's like people actually die it's like yeah i don't that's not too hard to believe that in a situation like that you get some casualties or people just kind of panic and have a heart attack in that situation it's like not safe in other words Plus, like, what if Al Qaeda shows up for fuck's sake, and, and 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 does some, you know, shenanigans in the packed mall on Black Friday or something like that? It's like, man, you're just setting yourself up as just, but nah, no, no, zero, zero fucks given. Just Black Friday, we just every just let it all hang loose and just absolutely throw caution and safety and rules and regulations to the wind because uh it's you know we got to sell some shit but um <clears throat> yeah just to just to start contrast there i don't hear too many people pointing that out but i i, th- I think that's that's noteworthy it's like oh regulations in the government and, and uh, codes and laws and enforcements it's all for safety, and we didn't have that. Everybody's be running around, running into walls with their heads on fire, falling down dead, you know, because the government wasn't there to save them from themselves. But, uh, yeah, Black Friday, just absolutely zero fucks. Just, just go absolutely crazy. Absolutely, totally hog wild. Don't, don't worry about code, safety, fire hazards. Uh, people suffocating. Nah, it's, it's all good. Just let it. Just let it. It's just yeah. Just that's what suspend all that, I guess. But um, yeah. So wow, are you kidding me? I've been talking for almost an hour. Um, ba 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 ba. Oh, uh, I drank a cup of coffee right before I started the call. That probably explains it. Got diarrhea of the mouth. Diarrhea of the mouth. Uh, shoot. But yeah, anyway, I hope everybody survived it okay. And uh, I'm sure that most people who listen to the calls are probably pretty mellowed out, taking a break. And not completely going, getting caught up in all this uh, nutty stuff. But then I was thinking, too, man, it would be kind of cool to, to, to be the documentarian on the scene, to kind of film, maybe catch some. Uh, but then it's like, man, I don't want to risk getting injured, though. But uh, you probably stand back. I was like, there was like some footage where like people were in this mall and they were like, Oh yeah, there's all these, I guess, people that go Black Friday 
to film the people uh, doing the shopping and all that. And, 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 and to get a, to get a YouTube video, which is, uh, that's a interesting phenomenon. And, and I mean, that's a whole thing that springs out of, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Uh, Ooh, caller in or, um, yeah, I'll bring you on here in a, in a couple of minutes. Uh, oh yeah, I got a donation from Greg. Uh, I don't know if I should say his last name, so I'll just say Greg. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And, um, yeah, cool. So, uh, had some stuff in my notes. Oh yeah. Just one more thing real quick. Uh, just this, just the article I found on the drudge report. It's kind of, I ended up there for some other side avenue, but maybe that's a site I might periodically check from time to time because sometimes some, some interesting articles maybe will pop up on there, but it's usually like kind of political gossip kind of weird stuff. I don't know how you describe that site, but anyway. But yeah, I just put this in the chat and it says how to slow climate change with fake volcanoes. And, uh, yeah, mimic an eruption by spraying sulfuric acid into the stratosphere. There's a cheap, quick, dirty, and controversial way to combat global warming that isn't on the agenda of the United Nations Climate Summit in Paris, which runs from November 30th to December 11th, and involves replicating the planet-cooling effect of, of a volcanic eruption. When Mount Pinatubo in the Philippines blew in 1991, its emissions briefly reversed most of the global warming that had occurred since the start of the Industrial Revolution. The idea is to mimic Pinatubo by using a fleet of modified business jets to inject fine droplets of sulfuric acid into the stratosphere, where they would combine with water vapor to form a fine sulfate particle that reflects sunlight away from the Earth. And then it goes on to explain how this is just a fantastic idea. If only, if only, if only. And yeah, it costs money, but hey, we need to do this for the save the Earth. Blah, 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 blah. Uh... Yeah, we've talked about different articles like this before. But you get chemtrail deniers saying, oh, that's absurd. There's no chemtrails being sprayed in the sky. It's just absolutely just over the top. It, this so-called society we live in. So that we, they could put this stuff out in the news describing what they're already doing. It's like... It's right out there in the open for anybody to look. I mean, yeah, I know what contrails look like and I know what this crap looks like and, and this, this, you know, quote unquote chemtrails or whatever you want to call it. But, um, what is going on? I don't know exactly, but it's definitely there, 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 it's some operation and it's been going on for some time and all ever, you know, all these, you know, People all over the world are noticing it. It's, you know, it's more pronounced in some areas than it is in others at different times than it is the others. So 
it's it's there's not some real definable consistent pattern to a lot of it you know from what i know or what i could tell or whatever but uh it it is definitely uh uh from you know direct observation or empirical proof whatever that i have that i've seen that the the oh the the trails lay down they stay in the sky they don't dissipate it's not ice crystals cuz ice crystals will Okay, okay, think about it. If you drop an ice cube on the floor, okay, it's ice. So tomorrow afternoon, you're sweeping up, you're tying up, and then you're going to find that ice cube on your floor. Well, okay, maybe if you live in Canada or something where it's just so freaking cold that I'm talking about if you're, houses and maintain a room temperature and then you're not going to find an ice cube on the floor no in other words it's going to resume back to the to the temperature of the surrounding atmosphere eventually but no these don't do that they stay in the sky and they stay there and they don't disappear they start to get you know spread out by the wind currents and all that and they turn into clouds and if there's enough of those trails, they turn the the sky will turn completely cloudy. So you go from a clear day to a cloudy day. I've seen it with my own eyes too many times. So there you go, empirical proof that something is going on. But you know, I've called radio stations, I've called television stations, I've called, I've I've, I've tried to talk to people about this. Like, okay, what is this? Like, you notice it as like uh, called. Uh, this was years ago before I was even doing calls and I wasn't even recording stuff. I would make calls. Because sometimes I early when I started doing, you know, phone calls and stuff like people say, oh, you're another Jeff Hill. It's like, dude, I was doing this before Jeff Hill. I just didn't talk about it to anybody. I was just did it. I would just call people on the phone like I do now and I record it and I put it up. But I did this before I even even know who Jeff Hill. I didn't even know that there was no plans on 9-11. Even before that, I would pick up the phone and make calls just, you know, out of my own curiosities like what okay I, I know what i think about this what, what are people there like right under these chemtrails at this news station thing i pick up the phone and call it's like okay look in the sky like what do you what do you think of those trails over your head and 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 the dude refused to do it he absolutely refused to do it and and it's like uh yeah and then he's like you know telling me oh it's, it's just it's just jet trails um, I said, no, look at this. It, that, that was down in Wichita Falls, Texas. It was in the, it was during the day and it was like wall to wall chemtrails and they went from horizon to horizon and they weren't dissipating and they were like really, uh, pronounced ones. Like, um, I got some pictures of it. I have to dig them up, but, uh, crisscrossing the sky from horizon to horizon and, uh, really crazy looking. And, uh, so, but, you know, I, I guess the point of all this I'm trying to bring out is like, uh, and, and it ties into flat earth and it ties into a lot of stuff we talk about. It's like stuff you can directly observe with your own eyes. And we're living in a day and age will, where it will absolutely not be a topic of discussion until like, uh, a, a switch gets turned on somewhere or somebody somewhere approves it, gives it the stamp of approval 
and then people can start talking. It's, this is bizarre, but okay. Enough people talk about chemtrails. I understand that, you know, it's all over the internet and stuff like that. There's YouTube uh, channels devoted to it and all that. And there's documentaries about it and stuff like that. And there's all kinds of stuff about it. Uh, but still, you know, to this day, and I've been like looking at the, the chemtrail thing for like a long time. And still to this day, has it got very far in the mass mind? Like where, um, I'm sure at this point, a lot of people have heard about it, but they dismiss it as, oh, well, that's just, uh, one of those, cons uh, what do they call that? Sweetheart, conspiracy theories. Yeah, I heard about those. It's that. Oh yeah, that's them fellers that wear them. Uh, they take tinfoil and they make hats and they put it on their head, and they talk about that kind of thing. I, they saying that on their uh, that Buck Rogers guy that does the news. He's talking about them conspiracy theorists is what they call them, and they believe all that kind of stuff. And then like he's sitting in his living room talking about it. And if you, if you would look out his window, he'd see this wall to wall to wall chemtrails and the sunny day that he had earlier is now turning cloudy from it. And, but you know, the old guy won't go out and look out his own window. That's what I'm talking about. It's like stuff that you could check out for yourself. Like you don't have to rely on an expert, even though I did call that guy, the, president of the weather modification association and he said something very very interesting which i thought was pretty profound which was like um because he had to concur with because i you know said hey you know this is something i'm seeing with my own eyes and several other people have seen it what i just described were okay these chemtrails are going horizon to horizon and they turn into clouds and they turn into cloud cover but he's he informed me that well, yeah, but that doesn't affect the weather. And it's like, oh, so now clouds don't affect the weather. Okay. That is really interesting. See, you know what I mean? It's like, you ask the experts and see what the experts say. And like, uh, see if the, the professor talked about it. See if what he said makes sense about NASA running out of rockets. That's why they're not putting in a camera on the moon pointing toward the earth. Oh, they ran out of rock. They ran short of rockets. It's like, yeah, okay, professor. I mean, but see, he's a professor. So, you know, it, 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 is his word empirical proof of anything? No. But it's like, man. <coughs> um, yeah. Let me play a, 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 a bumper. Then we'll go to caller enters. Uh, yeah, right now. Thank you for listening to the Hoax Busters Call. You can join the discussion by dialing area code 724 444-7444. Caller ID 90337. 
Conspiracy or just theory? Physicist, physicist, priest. Okay, what a cool thing to have on your business card. You got every, you got people coming and going with that. New York, how you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Oh man! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wow! Glad to be on the air, Alex. Yeah, how you doing, Paul? I'm doing all right. So are uh, your, uh, <clears throat> yeah, my, my rib cage is healing up from Black Friday. Had to get, uh, they had coffee grinders marked way down. I had to get me one of those and had to, had to wrestle, uh, pretty, pretty substantial, uh, uh, female over she's she was intent on getting that coffee grinder. I said, Lady, I said, that's my coffee grinder. I said, you, I, you get that and said, yeah, we're going to the mat. And that's what happened, went to the mat and I didn't I didn't get the I didn't get the coffee grinder. I got instead of getting a coffee grinder, a good deal on a coffee grinder, I got my uh ribs grinded in the Walmart floor. And so yeah, it's a sad story. Put some ice on it. I'm glad to hear you're healing up. Yeah, man, you know, Black Friday, what are you going to do? Lick yeah. the wounds and then just get ready for next year. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I myself didn't pay much attention to such things. Uh, I don't really, you know, even the drudge report is kind of off limits for me in terms of my, uh, uh, you know, consumption of the Internet. Uh, you know, I, I consider, you know, George Report was one of those things in the first days of the public reception of the internet that was kind of fascinating, you know, like that, it, it, uh, kind of got this cachet for breaking open the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And, oh, yeah. uh, then all of a sudden everybody was going to the damn George Report and, uh, uh, you know, it, it's still, I'll tell you one of the things I like about it is I like that site design where it's just like, you know, just dead simple site design. I, I think that deserves a, a commendation right there. But uh, generally it, you know, pushes, um, you know, whatever, you know, it's just another mainstream site really uh, with, I, I guess, a uh, quote-unquote uh, conservative uh, bias. But um, in general, you're just going to get the, you know, whatever the, the the narrative is, which I guess is useful. But, you know, I heard somebody talking about watching TV and that kind of thing. It's, it's like you just don't know. I mean, you know, talking about tinfoil hats, but... You know, I mean, you just don't, you know, you can't, even if you're looking at that stuff with a critical eye, there's just seems to be, you just, I just start feeling dirty. You know, I just start feeling like there's some cloud coming over me and and I don't want to feel it. Why should I feel like this? I'm just trying to get some information. And, uh, you know, uh, now I, I, 
basically, I, I hope you, I hope you, uh, uh, tell me all I need to know. You're, you're, you're one of my main news sources. <laughs> and, uh, if it's not on Hoaxbusters, it didn't happen for me. Well, we're, we're like in a, we're kind of like in an info bubble because I don't watch the news either and I like depend on caller inners. So we're kind of like, I guess we're at a point now where we can just start making shit up and tell each other about it. So when you call in, just have a, just a ripping story to tell me and I'll just totally believe it. Just like, uh, you know what's on the news, Chris? Let me tell you about, and then just launch into some outrageous outlandish story and i was like man you got to be kidding me it's like no it's paul from new york so he's a trusted source he's my uh liaison in new york so he's gonna give me the correct dope on whatever it is so why do you like it just yeah just let it rip man and you know like what's the difference though What, what difference would it make it you know what difference at this point would it make as hillary clinton says but yeah it really, you know, like we could just make up our own stories, and then well, um, maybe like I'll I could write it up and put it on the blog, and then see if it gets any traction. And the next thing you know, it might get picked up in the news cycle. No, probably won't happen. Only that's well, yeah. You, you know, one of, that's funny. One of the things I wanted to talk about a while ago, I forgot about it until right now. Uh, I, I think this is an important, um, you know, uh, Alan Watts, the longer I listen to Alan Watts, the more I like him. Uh, and, and somehow I almost think he might listen to, to host pressure, but, uh, you know, he talks about fiction and, uh, uh, you know, like the, the, congru- you know, the, the uh, coalescence of like fiction with, uh, Reality and like they're saying about empiricism. I don't know. I wasn't empiricist. I didn't know. And it happened in the news. I, I don't know empirically. But, uh, I, I did have a thought experiment and I wonder if anybody's done it. Um, that you could have, uh, uh, just do a baseball game. Just do a completely fictional YouTube baseball game between, um, say the, New York Yankees and the Kansas City Royals, and uh, I don't know if uh, uh, I, I mean those those names might be trademarked. I think it has more power if it's if it's done with you know like those those real names. But uh, you know, most of a lot of people listen to baseball over radio. I used to, and uh, uh, you know, just to uh, and and it, what if it what when it, what difference does it make if somebody just made the whole story up? Well, you got to remember too that uh it's also a business, so like, you know, you'll always hear this too. It's like uh oh, this or that business, they're operating with one goal in mind and that's to uh oh, look after their shareholders, so whatever it takes to make a buck, that's what uh we do and you know, because we got an obligation to our shareholders. So I I don't know why the so-called news media would be any different. So if they got something that will go out there and propagate out into the mass media sphere, this big uh, giant megaphone that they have, uh, and it's, you know, it's for sale, obviously. Um, And then, you know, you hear how, um, oh, they had the church committee hearings in the seventies, right? Where the, 
CIA runs the media and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, you got that too. So, uh, yeah, there's really no good reason whatsoever to trust anything that's coming out of the media, especially when you factor in, uh, court cases that are out there that basically where the judge ruled that, oh yeah, the media has no obligation to tell anybody the truth. Right. It's dismissed. You know, it's like, oh, really? Right. It's like, uh, well, actually, how do you hold them to it if you wanted to? I mean, that would be a, a, a pretty substantial task because uh, you have to prove somehow or another that, uh, oh, they're in on the uh, Paris hoax or whatever. All the media's in on it. So how do you, uh, oh, is it certain people infiltrated the media that were in on it? Or you see what I mean? You get into some territory that's hard to really it's really hard to pin anything down you know it's like uh if you're talking about legalities and all that whatever that means but you know we went into this before many, many times uh you know, what is the law what is legal and what's illegal and is there any such a thing as law um insofar as what people perceive it to be it's like no absolutely not it doesn't exist <clears throat> law and order doesn't exist it's it's all fiction Pure fiction, <clears throat> by every definition yeah. of the word, fictions is <clears throat> fictional. <clears throat> um, it's kind of an it's an idea that people believe in, but it's 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 uh, completely fictional. I mean, and I had a, um, a listener send me a article that I'm going to post up. is really good. Uh, he said it. He he was. Uh, Inspired by one article that I've put together a while back about, you know, government conspiracies being impossible. Because <clears throat> if you think about what the law is, if you understand what the law is, and you understand that authorities are above the law by definition, because they, you know, they make the laws, create the laws, sustain the laws, so, you know, it doesn't a apply to them. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like being a god. You can create a you can create a world, and then you know you don't have to be subject to its laws or rules or authority or anything. You know, it's you're above and beyond it. You're outside of the you know so-called fishbowl or whatever. So yeah, that's what the authorities are. They you know make up their own definitions of things. They have different definitions that don't have any correlation to the common uh english language that everybody speaks or whatever language happens to be spoken in whatever jurisdiction they happen to whatever government you're talking about ha happens to be in they talk legalese and uh there's that so it's it's just yeah but then it's this entirely fictional construct that uh really has no uh real empirical evidence to back it up it's just something that uh, is, uh, yeah, just some construct. It's not. It's not real. So yeah, you, you can't have a conspiracy inside of that because, by definition, you have to have a law that's broken. And if if people who are conspiring aren't subject to the laws, then they can't really, by definition, conspire, right? Or I guess they could, and then later change the definition of what they did to make it legal, and then it's no longer against the law, so it's no, it's not conspiring. Well, you know, it's the same thing with the uh, 
medical profession as well. I don't know if uh, 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 in this that's come up in this discussion. I heard you, you talk about it. You talk about it often, actually. That is the, you know, they call they have all these specialized words for, uh, you know, based on Greek or whatever for you know uh, stomach upset. There'll be some. I can't think of a good example right now. But, uh, uh, you know, yeah, like they'll have all these, uh, specialized words for very common diseases that could be, it could be, uh, explained in, in, um, uh, plain English. And, uh, it makes it sound like they, uh, you know, it gives this era, this aura of mystery and it makes it sound like they know, you know, they're naming it, uh, it's, that's its real name, um, you know, uh, uh, I'm not sure exactly what I'm getting at, but it is that basically it comes down to, I think it's the, 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 the authority, you know, like, like it, 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 um, it, it suggests a, a, a larger world which the, the patient or the plaintiff or whoever, uh, is not a part of and, and it, it's intimidating. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's intimidating. And then, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you have to just put your trust in your attorney or whatever to get you out of whatever. And, uh, or your doctor or your doctor and you have to, you know, take, take them at their word, even though you don't really understand what they're talking about. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, well, it's always good to get in a second opinion, right? They say that, which is like, oh, you go to another doctor with another kind of, you know, that's operating off the same set of criteria that the first doctor is. And yeah, they might, they might render a similar diagnosis, but yeah, you know, if, if you, um, yeah, I've heard of studies being conducted. I don't know how true they are, but I, I've heard of things like where people have gone to, uh, for instance, like multiple different dentists as just a, just to, as a study, you know, mm-hmm. and they get, um, advice on what needs to be done to their, to their mouth, you know, and they'll, and they'll be told, well, you know, you're going to have to get this tooth pulled. We're going to have to put a crown in or a bridge or whatever they do. Uh, you're going to have to get a root canal. Uh, mm-hmm. They go to another dentist and the, de- the other dentist says, oh, your tooth is fine. Just here, take some painkiller and then uh, come back and they'll do a follow-up check. And then they go wow. to a third dentist and the third dentist is saying, yeah, you definitely need that pulled. And you get a, you get a prosthetic tooth for you. And then, you know, so they, they, they come back with like all these different recommendations. So they have just as many recommendations as there are dentists. So it's like, yeah, what does that tell you? So what does a professional opinion even mean? It's like it, yeah, it, yeah, it just kind of goes to show you that, you know, you, you're really kind of just, putting your health, putting your life into people's hands that may or may not know what they're talking about. But, you know, if they can put on a display that sets you, sets your mind at ease and it's coming across as professional and it's coming across, you know, by all conventional standards of what is, you know, 
uh, proper and uh, in line with regular procedure and all that stuff. And that's enough to like, uh, you know, instill confidence in people. That's all they need. You know, so it's like, uh, you know, it's like how many people. Especially, especially if you're opinions. desperate. Oh, yeah. If you're in pain or something like it's <laughs> like, man, I'm in a lot of pain. It's like, yeah, it's going to whatever they're going to tell you is probably going to sound pretty good. It's like, oh, well, this is going to get rid of the pain. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like or it may or may not or whatever. It's like, well, whatever. I just want it, you know, something. I just want the pain to go away. And it's like. Yeah, that's that's a lot of what it comes down to. So, and, yeah, and, and that goes to, for the legal. You know, it's like people like if you're accused of a crime and you've got years hanging over you, you all you want to you want to get that resolved. You don't want that's a lot of pain. That's a and you know like just the the the, the pain of like the uh, not knowing. It's like, well, am I going to do ten years? Am I going to get parole or whatever? It's like you want to have that settled, and so you're you're very. That's another instance where you're very likely just to okay. What is the and you're in this system that you don't know anything about. Like you don't know like uh, you know like case law, for instance. It doesn't even matter. Like like what's in the what's on the books. You know like the the, the legal law. It's like okay. Well, what's the you know like what has happened to other people in this same situation? And, uh, uh, you know, you think, okay, well, the lawyer, and I guess there's some online resource you could find out, but it might not be actually your case. And I think that's part of why you're going to a lawyer is, uh, you know, you're, he, he knows. He knows basically the way the game is played. And, uh, and yeah, it's the same situation where, you know, somebody can tell you, uh, no, you have to, uh, you know, plead guilty to this. Right. And and there's a strong, uh, you know, if you're if you're like your back's up against the wall and you're terrified and and you know what I mean by terrified, uh, you know, you're not thinking straight and, uh, uh, you know, you just want to get that gun off your back. Uh, you know, that's the, that's the time we're going to listen to. And, and, and then. You know, that language, that legal language, that medical language comes in on top of that. And, you know, I can imagine there's some, you know, uh, uh, you know, truth or types or whatever that, that you know, like, they, they, oh, well, there's this alternative, you know, way of doing this or I want to fight this. But that's not everybody. Most people in, in those situations just want to, you know, get this done. I, I remember... You know, like what I always think about is, uh, uh, uh you know, like I, at the, I, at one, I, I'm not, I, well, at, at one point in my life, I had to sell a house. And it wasn't a particularly valuable house. And I was surprised, and, and talk about pressure and terror, uh, you know, like that's my, that, that, there was a lot of, because I don't know anything about selling a house. I don't know how much houses are. I don't know how, you know, you hear about, oh, the real estate market's gone up and, you know, the real estate agent has a, speaking of an authority, you know, they, they have kind of a motivation to, you know, get the thing sold. But then you might feel like you, you, you know, the, uh, have more money on the house and there's all, you could get more money from the house. I mean, and then there's all these, uh, uh intangible things like uh, whatever termite damage and how old the house is and et cetera that you've never heard of. You're not in the real estate market. But at a certain point, you just want that house sold and then not have to think about the issue anymore. 
So, uh, uh, you know, like that's, and, and yeah, whatever decision you make, probably, uh, you know, like uh, I look back on that and I, yeah, I could have done better. I made some mistakes, you know, and, uh, you know, the thing you're just talking about the dentist, you know, I, I was just in, uh, I don't know if I, uh, I remember calling you from California, but then when I was in California, I went to uh, Tijuana to uh, get some dental work done. And, um, uh, unfortunately, I was in a, in a, in a position where I was in uh, quite a bit of pain, like something clearly had to be done. And, um, the dentist I, I, I wanted to go to was busy and he called in a, he called in a, like a, a, a friend. And then I, I wanted to get the root canal and that guy, that guy looked at it. He's like, no, you got to pull it. And, uh, I felt like I could have gone to another dentist and, he might have been able to save it. And then actually when he took the tooth out, I felt like, ah, God, that looks like a good tooth to me. It has a hole in it, but, <laughs> you know, but what, <laughs> what do I know? It was, I mean, in his defense, it, 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 it was, uh, you know, I could feel that it didn't have a good grip on the jaw, uh-huh. but, you know, like, like right there, it's like I, you know, he said pull it, and and I, I didn't really have a choice. Yeah, I could have gone to two or three dentists and got another thing, but I was in pain. I said, okay, okay, pull it, fine, give me out of pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it, what it comes down to. I mean, yeah, sometimes, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I know. It's just, um, it's. Uh, yeah, it's hard to know what to do sometimes. Yeah, but you got you got the motivator, you know, pain, pain, some pain giving you pain like that. Yeah, you just want to want it to stop. And yeah, I've had some tooth issues, uh, but I, yeah, I've never had anything really bad with a bad bad toothache like that. But I've heard it's really really bad. So um, yeah, it's like uh, well, I do know that like. Uh, you want some really good quality dental work done on the cheap Tijuana is your place your place um yeah I, I, experience and that's no joke it's like people you know people might dismiss that because oh it's Tijuana it's like third world it's like shouldn't. nope you got to look into it you got to yeah, get on the internet and just check it out and see what other people are saying about it that's that's what I recommend but oh man yeah it's like uh uh, I don't know how it could be any better as far as dental work goes. Dental work sucks, but you know, no matter what, but it might as well be top quality and cheap too. Might as well. I, in uh, my experience, I, I've had experience with, unfortunately, um, I, 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 you know, whatever, I, I, many reasons for that. I, my teeth uh, are not the best. And so I have had experience with a lot of different dentists. You know, so I can I can tell you from this is empirical, Chris. This isn't something I read in the book. This is something that I experienced with my own teeth. And I can tell you from my empirical experiment that the quality of dentistry in Mexico, including Tijuana, is every bit as good as the quality of dentistry in America. I can tell you that from my and I did not read that on the internet. I experienced that for myself and I can understand, you know, like it is a, you know, one of the good things about Tijuana as opposed to Mexico city, I went to a really good dentist in, in Mexico city. And I still feel like that dentist probably could have saved that tooth. He saved another tooth. He did save another tooth, which I'm grateful for. 
Um, but uh, the problem with him was he didn't speak any English, and that is kind of a problem. Uh, I, you know, I had to get somebody from a guest house to go down there. Fortunately, you know, kind of spoke both languages, and you know, like it was, uh, you know, it, that that was a, a difficult situation. That guy was a great dentist. Uh, and but the good thing about Tijuana is that those dentists, uh, uh, most of them speak English, right? They're right on the border, right? So you get the you get the Mexican, you know, the the, the low price Mexican dentistry along with, you know, uh, almost perfect English. So um, I, I will say, as long as we're on the subject, uh, uh, Tijuana, in my experience, was not the safest place in the world. Uh, uh, if anyone listening to this, if anybody listening to this is, is thinking of doing that, I would definitely recommend it, but I would definitely uh, uh, say that a, a certain amount of caution is in order uh, uh, in the city of Tijuana itself, from, from, again, from my empirical observations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I, you know, I didn't notice anything out of the order. I mean, as far as, like, being in any kind of danger whatsoever when I went down there. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there was some, uh, I don't know. Maybe I might have been stalked the whole time and didn't realize it. I don't know. But I, who knows? But, yeah, yeah. I guess there's no guarantees in life, period. So uh, That's true. Yeah, you know, like, uh, uh, I remember, well, I told this story about it. Maybe it wasn't the time I went to Mexico because I made several trips out to California. But, like, one time uh, I was on the Greyhound bus on the way back, and the bus driver ran off the road twice, fell asleep at the wheel. And, In Mexico? Uh, Where was this? This is when I took a trip out. It's pretty crazy. I took a trip out to go and do some hiking in the Grand Canyon and I drove my pickup. I wrecked, uh, outside of, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I refused a breathalyzer test and went to jail for two weeks. You heard about that. Went to jail. Uh, yeah. I kind of remember that. I kind of forgot it too, but yeah, okay. And then, uh, yeah, I went to jail for refusing a breathalyzer. I spent two weeks in jail, almost two weeks in jail. And then uh, I got bonded out and all that. And uh, so they set me a, a, a hearing or something like a week later after I bonded out. So I had to stick around in Albuquerque for like a week. And then I went to court and they dismiss the charges or but they never gave me my driver well, anyway they never gave me my driver's license back it was it was a me- really messed up deal but anyway i went ahead and went to the grand canyon i did some hiking out there and then uh i had intended to go to 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 california but since i had to go through all that crap with in albuquerque i decided to, you know just okay i'm this close to the grand canyon so i'll go ahead and do the hiking i wanted to do so i uh, did that. And then I, uh, um, that, you know, my, my truck was wrecked. So I had to take the, I had to get me a bus ticket. And then on the way back on the bus, uh, the bus ran off the road twice. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty horrendous because people were like, uh, screaming and panicking and freaking out. And 
and it was the same driver. It was the same driver then. Yeah, same driver on the same. You know, he 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 like fell asleep and 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 started progressing off the road, and and and, uh, we were headed towards you know going into you couldn't really see it was so you know dark uh, and uh but off the grand canyon into the grand canyon yeah that wouldn't yeah or one of those can i don't know it was not it was off the road i know that that's where we're headed and uh yeah so i guess the point is that like oh yeah there's just no guarantees i mean you don't know what's gonna freaking happen and it's like okay greyhound's supposed to be safe but yeah they run the bus drivers i guess and I guess this whole thing about like working a night shift is like, I've done it before I worked like crazy shift work. And then you go to, you got to be at work at your shift starts at like uh 11 at night and you work till seven in the morning. And it's like, yeah, you never get used to it. So like even these drivers right. and interstate truckers and stuff like that, it's like, you may think, Oh, they're used to it. It's like, no, you really no. don't get used to it. And, uh, so yeah. And you know what, and you know, you, you talked about the, sorry, I just want to make this one point. You talk about the, the, you know, like the rules being relaxed and, you know, like people are so, uh, oh, you better not, you better not drink and drive no matter what you do, you know, like you're endangering the, the population, but the, yeah, that's worse. It's like that, that sleep deprivation, that, that's like, that's a, you, you'd probably rather be drunk. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, then, you know, I've, it, I, when I went to, um, so I was doing reading stuff when I was down in Albuquerque because I, you know, I was just, just kind of hanging out down there for a week. So I was reading all kinds of different stuff and whatever is in the library. And then, uh, I was reading, I ran across this article and it was talking about people working night shifts and how they're sleep deprived and how they never get used to it and all that. And it was, and yeah, that was before I got in the bus. So it's kind of strange that I was, uh, happened to read that article and all that. But yeah, it, uh, you know, I got to thinking about it and said, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess like an, an accepted risk. That's fine to have a, a whole bunch of sleep deprived people on the roads, out in society and all that stuff. As long as, you know, we get all these shifts covered, you know. We can't organize industry and society and our economy so that people can, you know, take regularly scheduled breaks and then not have to work shift work. That's, I guess that's impossible. But, mm-hmm. we, you know, so what I'm saying is like, oh, well, yeah, like you're saying, it's like drunk driving is totally unacceptable on one hand, but sleep deprived people on the road is just as dangerous and probably maybe even worse but we're just not going to talk about that because of uh you know economic it's necessity, necessity. Yeah. yeah and it's like well i mean yeah just like i was saying with the stores you know like oh yeah we can just you know yeah like some of those videos you watch them like in there and they got the uh like there was one, it might've been in China. I don't know. It was like, it was black Friday and they were, I guess, but then they were, um, the, the crowd you can see was like behind the the metal doors. Like they had those metal, like m- roll up doors, like those big garage door type doors. And like, oh, right. were, like yeah, yeah, tearing those yeah. down. 
And it was like, oh, my God, man. It's like just just absolute chaos, man. Just like, yeah, just let it all hang out. Uh, could somebody get sliced open on the metal? Whatever. Some of it could fall on the guy. And then, like, those dudes just, like, they saw that door coming down. And they said, fuck this. We got. They just ran and got out. And then you see the door coming down. And the people just, like, flooding in. And it was like, oh, my gosh. That's safe. That's real safe. That's a safe society and a safe, sane culture. And, yeah, that's law and order and and everything being safety first you know it's like well no it's not it's just it's just when it's when it's when it's when it suits a certain purpose then it's like all about safety but when it's yeah when when that gets in the way it's not made enough yeah yeah it's good yeah i guess i made that point but yeah it's i just think it's astounding myself it's like uh and then it's not what's funny too it's not nobody takes note of it because here's a fact too. It's like, unless people are told to be concerned about something, they won't be concerned about it. No matter how dangerous it is or not, how, how out of the ordinary it is like the chemtrail crap or, you know, it's like you, you, you're supposed to be worried about boogeymen coming from overseas to shoot up a club or something like that. Mm-hmm. But never mind the fact that, this so-called drug war that's going on uh, that is absolutely relentless. And then it just, it, it just must be maintained and it, and it, and it's, and it's, it is resulting in all this countless body count and carnage and, and, but you know, it's, 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 it's necessary that we have all this violence and, and chaos in society because, you know, we've, we've declared war on drugs and that's because it's a hard, it's, it's a dangerous society, and this is what I'm talking about about the the, the marijuana laws, and and this is why I don't understand why just that alone, why Colorado and Washington alone don't completely erode people's concept of what the law is, because we've been saying for whatever a hundred years that we're throwing these people in jail and 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 throwing away the key because. We perceive that marijuana is is such a great danger to society that these people, uh, in order to enrich themselves, are selling their drugs, uh, uh, you know, to the detriment of society. And now all of a sudden, I can walk down the street in Denver, and and it's it's legal. And when did you change your mind about that? And then what about all those people that you harmed by putting in jail for the rest of their lives? What about them? Yeah, it won't, uh, well, it's not a cause for concern until it's announced that something is a cause for concern. I mean, that's simple as that. How many people die from prescription drugs? It's really, really starting, starting. Uh, I'm not even trying to pronounce that word, but it's, it's, it's really, really high. But, you know, it's like, never mind that. You know, take your drug, take your medicine. You always hear people say that. Now, be sure you take your meds. Don't take right. your meds. It's like, oh, okay. 
never mind that it's like the leading cause of death in the country, but take your meds. Yeah, there's a lot of people, yeah, talking about that. I listened to a guy named uh, uh, Robert Scott Bell. You ever heard of him? He's a, uh, you know, like a um, health, uh, health freedom guy. I don't know how the hell. I, I haven't really heard many people like him. I used to listen to a guy named Gary Null. Uh, who Robert Scott Bell would probably be the conservative version of Gary Null. Uh, but, uh, Robert Scott Bell, um, has a lot to say about, uh, you know, the, um, uh, um, you know, death by, death by pharmacist. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of what we're talking about, about, uh, uh, you know, listen to authority. The authority says, uh, you know, take all these drugs and, uh, uh, it's uh, in a lot of cases, not all the time, you know. Without, and that's the thing about these this, these discussions about you know medicine and the law and government and everything else. You can't, you know, there, this is not an easy world. There's no easy answers. There's no uh, uh, magic pill or, or, or just magic theory that's like, oh, I'm you know gonna you know just not take any medicine at all. I'm gonna never go to a doctor. Well, I mean, sometimes that's not. That's not the right. That's not right. Or, or and I think it's certainly clear. I, I, I maybe you did. Maybe you. I, I don't know if you agree with this or not. It's like there's times when you ought to see a lawyer, right? There's uh, you know, lawyers can can be helpful. Uh, uh, but you know, like they, but you, you with all this stuff, you, you just have to be careful. Oh yeah, I mean you're more likely to suffer bad consequences at the hands of your doctor than you are from a, a terrorist. But, uh, yeah, well, speaking of that, did you see the, oh, the guy, the Australian dude that does the analysis of this, uh, these fake and stage hoaxes, uh, the Paris thing with the, Oh, the surveillance footage inside the cafe, and then it, 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 it for all the world looks like the, the crisis actor is throwing a uh, firecracker into the window. You see that? No. It's like a YouTube video? Um, yeah, I got it. It's at hoaxbusterskull.com. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's uh it's it's it yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. I don't know what else it would be. But um yeah, it uh it it, it looks just like she's throwing some kind of a fire firecracker some kind of um something along that line, you know, maybe not exactly a firecracker, but it definitely looks like it comes out, you know, she it makes a motion. The thing comes flying to the window. It explodes, and you know it's not the the best quality footage. So it's like it's nothing that's you know totally concrete and empirical. But it it you know if you watch it and you see what I'm talking about. But um, what's what's another another really telling thing that uh, he points out is that uh, she's supposedly shot in the wrist in her. Uh, uh, left arm, she's favoring her left arm as she's going through the scene there. And then when she goes to, to go down the stairs, she, she grabs the, uh, 
the staircase railing with her left hand as if like nothing to be concerned about there. And she's allegedly shot to the wrist. So it's like, yeah, you get shot to the wrist. You're probably not going to be gripping a lot of stuff with that much authority. Like she's, um, doing in the video, you know? So it's like, uh, so is that a depiction of something that's real? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a woman that just got th- shot to the wrist. Uh, whether or not she threw a firecracker through the window, I don't know, but yeah, it definitely looks like that happened. And then, uh, but see, you know, we're supposed to be terrified, terrified that that's, you know, a cause for concern nowadays is this threat of terrorism. And then, you know, they're going to pull out all the stops and, you know, uh, pass new laws and, you know, run it heavily through the news cycle and talk about it, talk about it, talk about it till they're blue in the face. And then, uh, you know, that's, you know, what's going to be the central theme and the elections and the, the, all this stuff, terrorism, terrorism, terrorism. And then, you know, uh, it's just, just totally ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, these things are, are, are staged and fake. And, uh, uh, there's another video I found that, uh, I thought was really good that the guy's pointing out that, oh yeah, this is a stage drill. And, uh, here's like the scene before they set up all the chairs and then here they are positioning everybody for the cameras. And, and I don't know who grabbed that footage, but you know, could have been just somebody in that, in one of those apartments. So they're looking out and it's like filming it. And then they, you know, and they see the stuff on the news and they said, Oh, that was all real and legit. But if you like, analyze it and look at it it's like yeah there's a lot of staging and stage managing going on and uh uh it's definitely what it looks like i mean i don't know what other conclusion you could draw from that because uh what are you going to be doing bothering setting up a bunch of seating and a bunch of uh milling around and a bunch of you know deliberating and it's just obviously some kind of a drill but um yeah, there's that, but yeah, just be terrified, everybody. Al Qaeda's coming to get you, and or whatever ISIS or whatever. But uh, yeah, it, that's 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 pretty interesting, and uh, yeah, I, it's like I can't stand watching the news. I can't, I can't. Well, see, this is what I'm talking about about this whole Paris thing. It's like all this stuff, even this whole subject. I'm looking at, I just start feeling, you know, just all dirty and something's wrong and I'm not getting the right information and why am I even thinking about this? And, you know, like I, I, it, it, yeah, in my mind, it is probably, it's a, it, you know, all staged and, you know, and, but I'll never know the, the you know, uh, I, I, I'll never get to the bottom of exactly what's going on. And, uh, yeah, that's I you know, so, and I didn't even know about, like I had to find out about the, the whole Paris thing from, uh, well, you know, I think, uh, uh, yeah, maybe it's on this show or somebody else. That's how I found out about it. I didn't find out about it from the real world news. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're, you're tuned out. Yeah. I think that's, that's the same proper thing to do is to completely tune out of the media, get it through some other source, you know, filtered through, but that, uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I pick up this stuff through the YouTube and I can pick and choose what I want to look at. So what, you have like a, a, a news, like you say YouTube, how, how does that work? Do you got like a YouTube news channel you go to or, or what? How yeah, does that I just work type in Paris shooting into the search engine and uh-huh. like I did on the call uh, where I took some audio out of just stuff some stuff that was out there that was from mainstream news sources and then ran the, you know, eyewitness testimony and just kind of what, what it was apparent to me that there was a uh, some scripting going on there from what it looked like to me, where everybody is on the same sort of talking points where they're describing, Oh, first we thought it was firecrackers. And then we, we realized that it was, people shooting and then, yeah, then conflicting testimonies and then, uh, people, you know, using the same talking points, like, uh, it was a Kalishnikov and then, uh, but then there was other, you know, some stuff, I guess, to take into consideration that Kalishnikov is a commonly used, uh, term for, you know, like just, it's kind of a catch all term, I guess. And you're in that, Europe or France or, you know, for, uh, anything that's like a semi-automatic or automatic. Yeah. I heard you guys talking about that. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, that, that is, um, is, uh, just, you know, some, some, some cursory observations on that. But then, you know, if you want to look at the, uh, other sort of, you know, circumstantial evidence around that, like, oh, a movie coming out with, you know, Muslim terrorist attacks before the event that's scheduled to come out. And then they say, oh, yeah, that was scheduled to come out, but we had to, we had to pull it because, uh, it too closely resembled the quote unquote actual events. And then that's something that, you know, if you listen to the, these calls and stuff for, for, uh, for any length of time, you know, that that's something that we've pointed out. Uh, in, in many, many of these high profile events, like, you know, seven, seven, nine, 11, uh, Boston bombing, uh, you know, so many of these have the, have the media foreshadowing it in one form or another, the Gifford shooting with the, uh, episode that came out in that show Grey's Anatomy, where they have the scenario of a, of um, a mass shooting taking place at a college, and then it, 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 the, the character's name, one of them was Arizona, so it's an, uh, evoking uh, the shooter was named Jared. The shooter in the Gifford thing was Jaron or something, the very similar names. Uh, one, uh, the woman uh, in the in the story gets uh, part of her skull shot off and then replaced through some cryogenic suspension of her skull and something until it gets implanted back in surgery. Giffords gets the same identical procedure performed on her allegedly in the quote unquote real thing. And then that episode came out like the week of the Gifford shooting. And then, you know, yeah, you just look at these repeating reoccurring patterns of, you know, drills taking place at the same time that the quote unquote real event taking place, but the drill that has the same, uh, scenario as part of the drill is the quote unquote real event, like in the Boston bombing. They said, Oh, yeah, we're looking for suitcase or suitcase or backpack bombers. And then, 
oh, oh, it just so happened in the real event, there's actual backpack bombers and, you know, on and on and on. So, yeah, it's uh, same thing with 9-11, same thing with 7-7, same thing with uh, uh, Charleston, same thing with, uh, um, yeah, like I said, uh, this, this Paris thing. And then it's just another uh, set of, yeah, roar shooting, same thing. I made a phone call on that one and asked the, uh, there was a university professor and then that university had some tie into the drill. And so I called up a university professor that had some, uh, ha- had some information about the drill. And then he, he, he corrected me that no, it wasn't a drill with a scenario of a shooter in a theater. It was, uh, it, it was a shooter in a theater, but it was a shooter in a theater or instead of they were filming a movie, it was a rock concert taking place inside a movie theater. So I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah. So it wasn't the exact same thing. I'm I'm sorry. What incident are you talking about, about the professor? What incident is this? I I got confused. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was kind of just rattling on there. But uh, Aurora Theater shooting, you know, the one where the Batman screening um, was. The the Batman guy, the uh, Dylan, what's his name? That's what you're talking about? uh, With... What was who, the name? John, John, Hol- John Holmes? John, I don't think, well, what? <laughs> Did I get that right? Uh, no, that might have been I'm entirely getting... different. Uh, the guy that was had his hair painted up like the Joker, and it was oh, all these Batman yeah. tie Oh, right, the Joker, right. You know, see, I was confusing it with the Colorado... Um, the, uh, Dylan Kleibold, uh, but this is another, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know, I know the one you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name or whatever. Okay, yeah, there's so many of these. Yeah, it's hard to keep them all straight, but. It is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so in the Batman movie. James Holmes, that's his name? James Holmes. Thanks. This yeah, is, I think uh, I, I recognize that name, John Holmes, from some other. Um, uh, uh, realm there, but uh, yeah. Uh, just coincidentally, and happenstancely, the Batman film had a Sandy Hook reference on the map in the one of the scenes where they point to a map and it has Sandy Hook on the map, and then the layout is very similar to. The, the Sandy Hook Elementary School from the top-down aerial view, and they have like it circled, and they have uh, something to the effect of uh, neck strike here or something like that on the map, and then they point prominently to it in the film, and that was in the Batman movie that was screened in the theater where alleged shooting take place, and then. Uh, and also the WDBJ shooting. I don't know if we talked about this. We talked about that, John, where there was all the Batman tie-ins to that, too. That was weird. Um, we, no, we haven't talked about it in a long time. Yeah, there was... Uh, I don't know if I even talked about this. I mean, so much of this crazy stuff that comes up, it's like sometimes you, you get it all mixed in and you think you may already talked about it when you didn't. But yeah, they're the boyfriend of the the gal that got shot, not the boyfriend they showed, but a real boyfriend, or maybe it was her ex-boyfriend or whatever. Like, yeah, he, he was like a, a, a Batman fan. And then he was posting all kinds of Batman references to, uh, very odd cryptic 
um, like I, I guess Twitter posts with links to like Batman themes, like I, like on, on the day she got shot, like her uh, her ex boyfriend or real boyfriend or whatever was um, expressing his grief through Batman cartoons and all this other whacked out stuff, and then yeah, so for some reason they want to uh, invoke Batman in, uh, in a lot of these shootings in some form or another. Well, yeah, if you go, if you go off what Jones was saying at the time of the, of the shooting, it's um, Batman movies are MK ultra triggers. MK ultra triggers. Okay. Yeah. So when someone sees a Batman movie, like, James Holmes, he saw the Batman movie in the movie theater, and then he had an MK Ultra trigger that made him want to uh, shoot everybody up. Like, uh, like uh, Catcher in the Rye for what's his name? He killed John Lennon. <laughs> so basically, if you think about it, the um, the MK Ultra program has just basically seeded the entire population with these MK Ultra sleepers. And then they get on psychotropic drugs and stuff like that. And then they get, and, and then they get their, um, trigger through like, uh, mass media or something like that. Not their, their trigger, their, uh, what do they, what do they call that? Uh, you just said it. The, 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 the thing that kicks them over into MK Ultra mode, like the, 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 the signal or whatever. They'll get it through like, yeah, catcher in the rye or whatever. And that, that sets them off into assassin mode and then they perform their pre-programmed task, you know, and then they don't remember doing it. So that's, that's what they're trying to suggest that like, uh, uh, and I, and I recall like somebody talked about it. They, they had a name for it. They called it the, uh, black awakening or something like that, where, yeah. So this, you know, satanic cabal has, you know, my, uh, brainwashed, mindwashed people like it, it. I don't even know if he was even referring to MK Ultra. I think it was, to, it, or, or maybe he was. I don't know. But he, yeah, that's what he had a name for. It. He has a real sinister name for it. Like yeah, the Black Awaiting. So he's all these sleeper agents that are out there in society now, and 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 all it takes for them to be triggered, and then they'll go and and commit some horrendous act of violence, and then yeah. And, but you know, if you want to start applying critical thinking to it, then you got to like say, oh yeah, Jared Lee Loeffner not only was an MK Ultra assassin, but so skilled as to like delicately, delicately shoot a piece of Gifford's skull off so that it can be reattached later and it can match up with the script that was released two days earlier in a popular television series. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. No, it's fake stage, just like Hollywood. Well, Hollywood style. You know what? Speaking of, speaking of the Batman movie in Hollywood, um, I had sent you a clip of the most of the recent Batman um, trailer, the one coming up, Batman versus Superman. Oh, so there's another Batman movie coming out for freak's sake, really? Batman. Oh, okay, Batman. yeah, I've heard of that. Batman vs Superman. When is that supposed to come out? I just saw this on YouTube, and, and the reason it caught my eye is in the trailer, um, like something. I, I, if if I remember the plotline correctly, like like there's some sort of um, 
tie-in to an old uh, Batman comic, like from the eighties. I oh, think okay. it's it's kind of based up, kind of based off of this one I I, I read back in the eighties called The Dark Knight Returns. Um, yeah, I'm not in the I'm not in the comics or anything like that. But um, anyways, um, so like Superman does something and like a bunch of stuff gets destroyed in Gotham. Yeah, and it causes the Wayne Tower to to collapse. Oh, okay. And when and when they're showing the Wayne Towers collapsing, it's like nine eleven. Wow, really? Yeah, you have you have to watch the clip to see what I'm talking about. Like the like the way that the building as it's starting to collapse, like the tower, you know, like like bends. You know how in when the first tower falls, it like bends. Like yeah. it's good. It looks like it's going to tip over, but then it, you know, magically, you know, disintegrates because it's CGI, obviously. Yeah. So they have to re. You have to relive nine eleven over and over again in different scenarios. Uh, that's interesting. You brought that up because I I I, I was looking at that. Uh, Judge Dredd 2012, the remake of that movie that used to, I think the original one had Sylvester Stallone. And, uh, oh, yeah. I was considering maybe, uh, watching it. And then, and then so I said, well, let me go maybe look and see what's on YouTube. And then, uh, so I just watched some excerpts from it. And the one I watched, um, showed a scene where there's like a bunch of people in this like courtyard area and these bodies start falling from the sky and like splattering on the ground. And it's like, Oh, that's definitely a invocation of nine 11 right there. It's like, it even looked like the courtyard uh, that was in the twin tower uh, uh area the concourse there where you know allegedly people fell from the towers and all that it was like man that is just absolutely bizarre like they just yeah like they they they, now it's being uh talk about the the taking and 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 fusing fiction and so-called reality and melding it together yeah so now we got the post 9-11 uh uh, reflection on the 9-11 staged hoax event and then you know there's all those examples of the predictive programming predictive programming of it too where it's like foreshadowing of it and there's like all kinds of examples of that it's just yeah, yeah there's like there's like pre there's like predictive pre-programming and now there's post predictive pro- like it's post-programming <laughs> yeah alan watts alan watts alan watt talks about how all this stuff just moves really slowly they don't give you anything i was just this was just on his recent podcast he's talking about that they, they, they don't give you anything that, that you're not ready for and you know they and so right they prepare you for it and then you know they reinforce it and i i you know in my mind 
uh, you know, Hollywood and, uh, uh, the, you know, entertainment industry are, are definitely like interconnected with, uh, these kinds of news events that, uh, uh, you know, like in a very uh, conscious way, I think this whole conversation is, you know, basically, you know, like that's what we're saying now. Uh, and, and I, I have no problem with that. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly what the um, mechanics of that are, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it seems pretty um, apparent uh, uh, to me. So I, I want to say, I want to say um, that I want to give Alan Watt credit that Alan Watt brought the word predictive programming out into the lexicon. Yeah, I think oh. so. Well, uh, yeah, no, nobody, no, nobody else, nobody else ever used that word before Alan Watt did. Yeah, that. Yeah, as far as I know, too. Like he would talk about that. How? Uh, well, he liked to point out too. Like even in these um, really old films, like uh, the H.G. Wells' Shape of Things to Come. Yeah, if you take a look at that one there's all kinds of predicting predictive programming in that film. And I think that came out in the thirties. So that's like a really flat, old flat screen televisions. Yeah. Flat screen chem televisions and chemtrails and uh, yeah, the Freemasons of the sky who drop gas out of planes to pacify the masses and, uh, and they're doing it to sustain proper order and law and order in society. And they save the day from the, from the warlike uh, tribal warfare that's going on. And it's just, it's yeah, in, it's, in Iraq, in Iraq. Yeah. The, what are they? They're based out of Basra and that's uh yeah, that's Iraq. <laughs> and then it's like, they're the air, the air, uh, the Freemasons that they, they call themselves the Freemasons of the air. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, I wonder if Jay's done a, an, uh, his take on that. That'd be interesting. Um, that, uh, yeah, that, well, of course is based on a book and that's HG Wells. And he's, how is he related to Orson Wells? That's his, uh, father or grandfather. I'm not sure. If there, if there I never thought about that. Is it? I, I, I've never, I I've related. never looked into that. No, they spell their name differently. Oh, they're not even related. Okay, so that no, shows how much no, they're not even the Wells. No, they're not related. H.G. Wells is from England. Oh, okay. So I guess I just assume they're really related because their 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 roles in in society are so uh, inter uh, have a lot of. A lot of similarity, but yeah, I guess yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean they're related, yeah. but yeah, I just made that. H.G. Wells, Orson Wells, War of the Worlds. Yeah, the War mm-hmm. of the Worlds. That's another one where it's like not not exactly predictive programming, but yeah, if you look at all the circumstances and stuff surrounding that, where it's like during the uh, you know around the time of World War II, where people are you know all just sort of uptight anyway over Nazis, you know, could invade any, any time. And that's, they say that's what a lot of people thought was actually happening. It's like, Oh, the Nazis and they're pulling some shenanigans 
trying to make it look like space invaders or something like that. And that's what people thought was going on. So they like got up and got up in arms over it and stuff like that. And maybe some people really thought it was space invaders or whatever, but, um, yeah, just, okay. Is that all just sort of coincidental? All those, all those, uh, circumstances, but yeah, you look at too, like what was going on on the, uh, competing, Radio, because like, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't the mass media as we know it back then. There was just a, you know, a, a, a relative handful of outlets for, you know, entertainment. So like people would tune into the radio. They wouldn't, you know, television then, you know, uh, at least not widespread, you know, people's homes, they had radio. So, you know, you'd have a, a really limited selection. So it was either like, um, they positioned this, uh, singer to be timed with the uh uh the war of the worlds so that um what what ended up happening is that people tuned in to hear this really popular singer and they knew that's what most people would tune into because they they had a, a pretty good assessment of this, this particular performer's popularity so they's like okay that's that's going to be you know the equivalent of day like oh, okay that's going to be like well, we know like dancing the star, everybody's going to be tuning in dancing stars. Right. So, uh, they know like, okay, once the singer is done, this, this other act that's going to come on, that's, you know, they, they knew well is not near as popular. So they knew that people would tune out and tune into the other station, the competing station. And, uh, and that was coordinated so that it would come on at, at, at the time that, um, Orson Welles is, is going into the reenactment of a news broadcast. So when they tuned out to the one channel back to that, that station, it was right in the middle of the part where it, it, it is, um, constructed to sound just exactly like a, a, a news broadcast. And then it's saying, Oh yeah, space invaders. And what do we got here? Looks like something in the ground. Oh, go up there, Jim, and just take a peek in that hole, see what's going on. Oh my God. He just got fried alive. It's space invaders and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, it's just, it was all, all, uh, very carefully coordinated and planned out to have the desired effect. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they were certainly, uh, keenly aware of all those mitigating circumstances and stuff that m made that, uh, effective. Now, how many people went into a panic? Who, who actually knows? I don't know. There's like, you, you have to believe what you're told on all that, but, uh, was that purposeful and intentful and uh, definitely had the uh, uh, blessings and all the uh, fingerprints of the, 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 what was it? The Princeton radio. Uh, come on, John, you know what that is? The Princeton radio uh, uh, where, where. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Princeton radio project. Princeton radio project. Yeah. Radio Research, radio research Project. Radio Paul Lazarfeld, Theodore Adorno. Yeah. The and, the most interesting thing that 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 um Beyond Irvin and uh, Hans Utter talked about on the uh, War of the Worlds talk was how there probably wasn't as many people freaked out as they claimed there was. And that the whole idea that people were freaked out was actually um, a hoax as well. 
part of the right. I was just thinking about that 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 that, that, that the psyop was was more that they their their thesis was that the psyop was more that people were freaked out like that was the whole point of the psyop was to, to implant that story that oh there was this broadcast and people started shooting at um a water tower and that 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 in itself was some um and and that those events never really occurred and that the that that story that that, that story itself the, the fact that people were freaked out was the whole was was, was the point of war of the world so i, I, I if i've explained that um uh, correctly i've got a book in my hand right here it's published january 1940 it's by hg wells it's called the new world order you ever heard of that book? Uh, yeah. I've heard of the New World Order. I've never heard of that book by H.G. Wells. Yes, H.G. Wells wrote a book in January of 1940 called The New World Order. And the first chapter is called The End of an Age. Hmm. Yeah. You just he also got wrote it. A book called the o- he also wrote another book called The Open Conspiracy. And he wrote another book called um uh, what was the other one i can't think of it right now but yeah his non-fiction is better than his fiction yeah that's maybe worth taking a look at you haven't got around to getting started reading on it huh you say you just got it right what you just got a copy Ooh. of that book. Oh no, I've had it for years. And did you read it? Oh, you want me to read something out of it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just wondering. Well, if what you it, got what something, it... if you got something handy like a dog ear or something, yeah, it might be uh, worth. Uh, let, me let me see what it, paragraph. Let me see what it says here. Um, Let's see. It's mostly talking about World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's a real quick, a real short excerpt uh, here, from. Here's one. Or, or, oh, go ahead. There you go. One other leading probability of a collectivist world order has to be noted here, and that is an enormous increase in the pace and amount of research and discovery. I write research, but by that I mean that double-barreled attack upon ignorance, the biological attack and the physical attack that are generally known as science. Science comes to us from those academic dark ages when men had to console themselves for their ignorance by pretending that there was a limited amount of knowledge in the world and little chaps in caps and gowns strutted about bachelors who knew all that there was to be known. Now it is manifest that none of us know very much, and the more we look into what we think we know, the more to throw undetected, undetected things we shall find lurking in our assumptions. Petro, the business of research, which we call the scientific world, has been in the hands of a very few workers. 
I throw out the suggestion that our present-day world and all the brains capable of great and masterful contributions to scientific thought and achievement, brains of the quality of Lord Rutherford's or Darwin's or Mendel's or Freud's or Leonardo's or Galileo's, not one in a thousand, not one in a score of thousands ever gets born into such conditions as to realize its opportunities. The rest never learn a civilized language, never get near, near a library, never have the faintest chance of self-realization, never hear the call. They are all undernourished. They die young. They are misused. And of the millions who would make good, useful, eager secondary research workers and explorers, not one million is utilized. Hmm. Yeah. He was a eugenicist, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a common uh, sort of philosophy between a lot of these high-level uh, culture creator types and people that uh, uh, Ted Turner is a big one. Oh, man. Okay, let me play a snippet of audio here for you guys so you can check this out. Talking about Ted Turner, another eugenicist. Uh, okay, what is he known for as far as entertainment? Well, you know, CNN, right? And what Hi. else, John? I'm familiar with all of uh, Ted Turner's eugenicist quotes as well. Yeah. Uh, well, he's he, the 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 color eyes in the old movies. He, he did that, that. I know. Yeah. But I can't and CNN and his Harry All right. I want to let you guys keep guessing while I cue this up. Uh. Uh, he challenged, didn't, um, he had, uh, TNT really, really popular wrestling. entertainment, uh, really, really popular entertainment that's really, really popular in our culture. TNT Nitro Wrestling. This is an event that took place on Saturday Night Live's main event from 1989. We're going to have one world of a main event right here after this commercial message. Twin Towers, ticket me, Gene. Just with me at this time, the Slickster, a key in the African dream and a big boss man. Gentlemen, is this the match you wanted all along? Or are you going to continue your terrorist attack? Continue your terrorist attack. Three people working as one with one goal in mind. To defeat. Or should I say demolish the Twin Towers? Or should I say demolish the Twin Towers? Hulk Hogan, you talked about the triangle of love. Jesse Ventura says there's a problem. Explain. Well, you know me, Gene. You get right to the heart of the matter with that question, brother. It's the love, man, that's going to supercharge the mega powers and tear down the Twin Towers. And tear down the Twin Towers. Until the Twin Towers come crumbling down. Oh, yeah, right. You want to know how powerful the mega powers are? Oh, yeah. Everybody knows that the Twin Towers are big. Strong, high buildings, yes. Larger than any buildings in New York City. Uh -huh. These guys are big and bad. I'm telling you something right now. They may be earthquake proof. They may be typhoon proof. They may be tidal wave proof. But when the mega powers, the strongest force in the universe, goes against the Twin Towers, 
It's going to be like a ball line going right through their foundation. And the Richter scale is going to spin around 42 times, going to orbit, and you're going to see the Twin Towers come crumbling down. Yeah. And that's why they call it television programming. With the tag team of demolition going against the Twin Towers. Wow. Hilarious. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, Jesse Ventura. Who is that? You, you know, you know who the you know who the Twin Towers were. Um, it was that dude that was dressed up like a cop. The big and boss man. Big boss man, and a dude like dressed up as a Muslim. Hakeem. Hakeem. <laughs> Hakeem, the Hakeem. African dream. The African dream. And he wore the... Yeah, it's like the Muslim garb with the round hat and the and the whole thing. Yes. So. And the manager was slick. Slick. Yes, the slick skirt, and then yeah, the, I yeah, I, that, that's so funny. He made he makes that point: demolition versus the twin towers, because <laughs> there yeah. used to be a tag team called Demolition. Demolition is going to take down the twin towers, and that is well, um, Hulk Hogan and uh, Randy Savage used to be called the Mega Powers when they were a tag team. But then they got in a fight over Miss Elizabeth, and they split up. And then they ended up wrestling each other for the title in WrestleMania. Wow, you know a lot about that. Yep. <laughs> my, 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 grandma had, my grandma had cable in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I used to watch wrestling. I... Um, but they had like another, it wasn't WWF. It was some kind of like, uh, NWA was NWA, NWA, really national wrestling association. Oh, really? It was, yeah, oh, I okay. guess that's what it was with the, uh, was, Von Eriks and, uh, uh, oh, they're, uh, they're from Texas, but I think Ric Flair used to do that. And then he upgraded to WWF. I, I forget about all that, but yeah, that was, that was just yeah, what everybody watched. The, the, yeah, the, all all that wrestling, all that wrestling with Ric Flair and um, and you know um, Harley Race and the the the, the uh, Road Warriors and all that stuff. That was all Southern. That was all Southern. That was all Southern wrestling, like like from Georgia, where uh, TBS was. So, yeah, that's why I can't keep my wrestling references straight. Like, uh, I may say, I may make a reference to like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but nobody knows who that is. That's from NWA. WWF. Is that WWF? See, I I can't keep them straight because I got, I, they didn't even have WWF. Hacksaw Jim Jim Duggan is from uh, WWF. 
Wow. You guys have an impressive knowledge of uh, <laughs> subject. My goodness. Well, you, how, about, how about this? Jesse Ventura, when he was Jesse the Body, he wrestled in what was called AWA. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, and um, he actually stole his, his look from Billy superstar Billy Graham. Okay. Right? If you go back and look at Superstar Billy Graham, that's where Jesse the Body Ventura basically ripped off his style from. Oh, didn't know that. So, so there was a wrestler yeah. called Superstar Billy Graham. Yeah. Good name. Yeah, Superstar Billy Graham was, was like the basis for like all those guys' style, like Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. They all copied that look because a lot of wrestlers back in the days, like they would be like perfect example, like Harley race. He was the champion of the Southern. And then when Ric Flair came, came along, Ric Flair would wear like a, like a feather boa and a big embroidered robe. <coughs> but Har- but Har- Harley race was a champ for a long time. And he had like a handlebar mustache and like, you know, greasy messed up hair. And he was just like a, he looked like a barroom brawler. And then when the, 80s started coming in, they started getting all these guys who were all flamboyant. Insanely popular. Still is. Still still really popular. It's like a cultural (laughs) driver. They probably put all kinds of stuff out by way of wrestling. Probably. It's pretty... I'll say this if you want to talk about culture. It's, you know, they had wrestling when television came on. Yeah, it was very early in television. I mean, I I certainly remember that. And I remember, you know, as a kid, which was a while ago, sort of been in the whatever, early 70s, you know, that used to be a big argument. Amongst uh, you know at that time it's like whoa is that real or not? So yeah, it's been around. You said you said you grew up in Tennessee, right? I did, yeah, 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 yeah. So you you got all, you got all the hardcore Southern wrestling down there in Tennessee. It, it, yeah, that wasn't uh, quite a part of my uh, cultural uh, milieu, my cultural environment, but uh, I definitely saw it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> he said no you in reference to wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh yeah, I know that I watched wrestling. I don't know when I came to the realization that it was not on the up and up. Uh I, I don't know. I think I was pretty young when I when it dawned on me, it's just that, uh, I, I always had, I always had my dad in my ear telling me it was fake. Oh, really? Yeah. I see. I had nobody around to tell me that anything was fake or yeah, he, he, he was, I'd be watching that and he'd stand, he'd sit there for like 10 minutes and he goes, I can't believe you think this is real. This is unbelievable. You were watching this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's real. <laughs> Did 
you already, <laughs> did you already talk about uh, Jones being a Mason? Oh no, no, yeah, that uh, yeah, on the, I got that on. I posted that video up on the blog where he's going into his Masonic roots and Rosicrucian roots. Interestingly enough, uh, yeah, just you know. Nothing to see here, folks. Just, yeah, I'm from a long line of Masons and prominent high-level Masons. And, uh, yeah, but the good, Ma- yeah, good Masons, see, you know, like George Washington. Okay, here's, an, here's another fun. Here's something yeah. funny to go along with that. I have a copy of Paul Joseph Watson's book. Okay. Okay. And if you read Paul Joseph Watson's book... He's listing people in there who are, you know, part of the New World Order. Yeah, and he's listing the fact that they are thirty-third, that they are Freemasons, as like, you know, he's listing it alongside how um, he's saying, you know, this person is part of the Trilateral Commission, they're a Council on Foreign Relations member, and they are a thirty-third degree Freemason. So he's listing it in a way as to be, you know, that it's bad. Right. But now Jones is coming out saying, well, it's not really that bad to be a Freemason. Turns out well, a lot of people... It, it, really you know, uh, for some people, it isn't. I mean, they, they've been, people point that out all the time. It's like, well, you know, like if you're at a certain level, then you don't know what... I mean, it's just like if you're a Christian, I don't know what the Vatican's doing, right? And so for, you know, like this, I don't know where you have to get in the, you know, hierarchy of the church to be, you know, in the, you know, whatever, in the, in the know or whatever it is. And, and I imagine it's the same thing with the nations. Yes, I agree with you. Here, here's the thing, though. Um, did you ever, did you ever listen to Alex Jones? Uh, I... I bet I listened to three Alex Jones shows. I was impressed with the showmanship, but then I felt something was off and I stopped listening to him. I did. It just, I'm, I'm sorry. I know you're going to talk about Alex Jones. But I just want to mention this one thing. On the I did listen to the, the guy I listened to um, was uh, Michael Rivera, who used to, he got a star on, on, on Alex Jones. But uh, yeah. no, I didn't. I didn't listen. But he was probably just—he had the same problems as Alex Jones, and uh, just a, a lesser degree. But yeah, no, I never listened to him. But go on. Well, if if you listen as long as I had, or as as long as Chris had, even longer, you know that he's he you know would have people on all the time talking about you know how the Freemasons run everything and Freemasons this, Freemasons that, and um having, you know, guests on for years and years and years talking about all that stuff. Oh, so in that context, his admission is is more uh, resonant. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so it's like I used to work at a real estate office and, you know, half the guys who ran the place were Masons. They weren't bad guys. They were nice guys. Um, I probably knew more about Freemasonry than they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which uh, one guy even thought I was a Freemason, and then when they figured out I wasn't, well, they when they when they figured out I wasn't, when they were trying to get me to come to the lodge with them, of course I would never do that. But 
the funny thing is, is like you said, you know, those type of people, they don't know anything. It's, it's not anything. It's about, you know, Oh, I'm going to be able to, you know, get a, make get some a money. job. I ought to get Yeah, so, but, see, those guys didn't have a daily radio show with guests on talking about how the Freemasons run everything and how the Freemasons are evil and then come out, you know, right, right. 15 years later and say, oh, yeah, it turns out my entire family is all Freemasons. And, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess he's maybe made mention of it before in the past, but kind of like in a passing reference, like something like, oh, yeah, I had an uncle or like a, I think maybe he said his like, grandpa was a, was a well-known Freemason or something like that. So I, like like you said that, John, too, like he's made mention of it before, like in passing, like something alluding to that. But he never, that I recall, or I don't know that he's ever, went into it like he did in this uh, segment. No. No, no. Um, here's, here's what he used to say. I, I, re- I remember a specific thing. He would say um, that, like, his grandpa told his dad never become a Freemason um, or something like that, like, one of his grandpas was a Freemason and, or, or uh, one of his great grandparents was a Freemason and they told his grandpa or his grandpa told his dad. And he was talking about that one all the time, how, how, um, how his grandpa told, you know, somebody never become a Freemason. Don't do it. And, um, but and so he would tell that story off and on for years because, you know, once in a while you get a caller calling in and asking about Freemasons. And that's the, that's the uh, story he would use. He'd say, well, my grandpa was, you know, he'd say, well, my grandpa was a Freemason. And, um, you know, he, uh, you know, he said it was, um, but, you know, he was a good guy. And so, um, I think I think what what he what he's doing though is he's trying to downplay the you know he's trying to downplay um you know how people make a big deal out of it, which I think a big deal should be made out of it personally. Yeah, I mean how how insane is it? <laughs> that you have people running your country that you elect and, and you have no idea you're, you're part of the general pub- public. You have no idea that they belong to an institution that they've sworn an oath to that takes precedence over their job. Well, yeah, isn't there some sort of law that they're supposed to divulge all their uh, associations and memberships and all that stuff before you run for office? That's supposed to be made matter of public record. I mean, we we all everybody uh, who is a libertarian, who's a constitutionalist, who's a uh, patriot out there, um, they all thought Ron Paul was working for the people. Well, I mean, you can see that video online 
of Ron Paul giving Ben Affleck a free Masonic handshake on the Bill Maher show. And then you can see the other video that I told you about, Chris, of Bill uh, of uh, Ron Paul giving Rick Perry a, a bizarre one of those bizarre uh, apprentice handshakes. <laughs> Where there's like, I mean, there's no doubt. It's absolutely 100% a Freemasonic handshake. It, it's it's one of those ones where they like do the interlocking fingers, like like the. <laughs> you know what I'm the one where they're about, doing right? like the, you know how in Star Trek where they got the the yeah Spock holds up his hand and he's got his he's got his fingers spread out. And yeah, it's, a, it's like, like the letter. It's like the letter Shin from the Hebrew alphabet. And then they like lock their fingers in like a Shin position, and it's it's Rick Perry and Ron Paul. Wait a minute, I thought Ron Paul was you know against guy would be against something like a guy like Rick Perry. Yeah, you know when I did that uh, video where I go down there and I. I, and I try to ask the cops questions down at that meet and greet down here at the park in my town. And then I show the yeah. Freemason booth and all that. They were down there fingerprinting children and everything for their little, little program they got going. Uh, yeah. Like not one of those cops would, would shake my hand. Like I put my, out my hand to shake their hand and like not one of them would shake my hand. They would do like, they all did the same thing too. They, they made the fist and the fist bump thing and did that. They all did it. I, I just thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. It's like, man, why don't they shake hands? It's like, it's just yeah, that it's fist bump, I, I never talked about it, but um, that's been, that's a relatively recent uh, gesture, isn't it? I would say that that's gained prominence in the past, uh, like it couldn't be more than five years ago. Am I right about that? I, I mean, I know I, that hadn't always been. People didn't always do that. And, uh, yeah, where'd that come from? What's the reason for that? Or, you know, do these things just happen or what? I've actually um, seen articles um, um, promoting not shaking hands. Have you ever seen those articles where it's saying, saying don't shake hands, it's... Um, you know, unsanitary. It's unsanitary to shake people's hands, do a fist bump, do a, um, you know, do something else besides shake hands. Um, it's very unsanitary. It's unclean. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I was maybe think. I would say, yeah, it's uh, maybe there's something that it, it the word is out and like bureaucrats and people like that like yeah just don't shake hands with the public we do the fist bump now it's like hey you don't know where these knuckles have been bud let's go ahead yeah. fist bump you want, you want to fist bump a cop I don't want to fist bump a cop I want to put my fist somewhere else but that's that's a different thing but see I you know it's like they all wanted they all just reflexively went into the fist bump. It was interesting. It's like they didn't think about it. They just went, oh, we can do a fist bump now. It's like, oh, okay. Gotta, fist bump everybody. Gotta make sure. Yeah, when, you gotta be careful when you fist bump a cop, you know, because, you, you, you know, the guy he pulled over before, you might have not had the rubber glove on correctly. No, that's no joke. 
That's yeah. I come to think of it, I probably really don't want to shake hands with Cobb. That's funny because there was a story about some lady that got violated in just the way you talked about. Like they did a they were searching her for drugs and everything, and they went up 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 her coal chute with like you know fingers and everything and uh and she was suing the police department and all that and uh of course she didn't have no drugs on her or anything it's like just totally violated the woman just basically that's i mean that's essentially rape i mean well, that was a couple of years ago yeah and that was uh, a couple of years ago that was a crazy video dude does totally out of control but is does that stuff happen it's like yeah i don't know why not did you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it was sick, crazy. Yeah. Well, there's there's more happened. than one. There's one where they were there's these uh, ladies that get they got pulled over and I I don't I, I think they came from like a maybe a beach party bingo or something like that or they're and they're and they're in uh, bikinis and they do the viol- violation there with uh, cavity search and stuff on the side of the highway. There's that one, yeah, and there's uh, no telling how many more that never got caught, captured on record. But uh, yeah, they they got to make sure you ain't got any uh, anything in any of your hidden compartments, right? And they got to make sure they check all of them because you got to keep everybody safe from drugs. But yeah, don't yeah don't shake hands. Come to think of it, yeah, don't shake hands with them. It's good good policy. Yeah, the um, when when I was uh, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, and I was a skateboarder, I used to get harassed by cops daily, and the and my friend would always ask, and um, sometimes he got a ticket, or sometimes he'd get put in the squad car and uh, have his parents have to come pick him up because he would ask the police officer. Don't you have any gangbangers to be busting? He goes, he goes, you're busting us for skateboarding down the street. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, yeah, that, that, that's the one thing that comes to mind. If you're going to exist in this system of so-called law with so-called authority, um, shouldn't you be somewhere else busting people actually committing so-called crimes instead of harassing me? Right, but okay. yeah, but they got time to be preoccupied with skateboarders, which that's that tells you something, right? Yeah, that, that's what we always thought when we were, when we were growing up. It's like, dude, cops are always on us. Like everywhere you go, everywhere you go, like cops see the skateboard automatically pulls the car over, and then you uh, the first thing you think of is like, dude, there's like somebody getting robbed right now. <laughs> yeah, skateboarding's not a crime, dude. Yeah, everybody used to have that bump, bumper sticker back in the eighties and nineties. Right. What is a skateboarder gonna oh, they're gonna scuff a concrete staircase with their bottom of their board. I don't know what the potential 
Well, I'll tell you, it's it's uh, it's young males congregating, and that looks like trouble. You, you just look at like you know whatever, like right. five, sixteen year olds with uh, you know like uh, a skateboard is a you know like it's a loud weapon like thing, and it and it just has this appearance. I, I can I can see the that that point of view. Uh, uh, so and that's what it is. And young men do, in fact, get into trouble. Uh, so, but, you know, but skateboarding itself, but, you know, like, uh, I, I can see that at the other point of view, too. It's like, why, why are you harassing us? Yeah, I had a, a brief, like, phase growing up where I got involved in some... Oh, mild, I guess, criminal activities. Like, uh, no, I never always made it a point not to mess with anybody's personal stuff or anything like that. It's just kind of like, oh, hey, hey guys, businesses. I, I gotta take it. off. I gotta, I gotta go to bed. Okay. All right, John, man. Bye. Thanks, dude. Good night. All right. Thanks. Talk to you guys later. Talk to you later. Right. And, uh, so, you know, I guess it's a organized crime when there's more than a couple of teenage thugs involved. But, no, the cops never paid us any never mind when we were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, just different stuff. And then never saw a cop, never were worried about it, never were. I've heard of, and then you hear stuff about what other uh, kids did, you know, and like, oh, yeah, we got into uh, oh, a bike shop, and then they B&E break and enter there and stole like half the bikes out of the place and went and stashed them in different places around. And, yeah, I got the cops chasing them, but they – ditched them really easily and it's like yeah i mean so it's like uh well the question is how 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 absolutely effective i guess they catch up to you eventually at some point if you if you keep doing that sort of stuff you know eventually you get snagged but then you only have to account for whatever you got caught red-handed doing and then you know, typically the they get back out and then a couple of days and then be right back in action. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just, I don't know. So I guess some people got that phase where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and just break the law, you know. And- That's fine. So, you know, young you know, groups of young boys do have that tendency, you know, like teenage boys, you know, like they just, they just have that tendency to do, to get into, some kind of trouble. Uh, yeah, so but like was, congregating out in broad daylight, out in the public, uh, kind of right out in the middle of a, like skateboarders typically do. That's not a, right. generally speaking, a pretext for crime. Usually like, it's like two o'clock in the morning and there's right. like n- nothing going on or whatever. And then like, you know, there's like, uh, I don't know. We always knew the, the whole entire neighborhood and then just like we just had a we, we knew where the 
all the shortcuts were. You go through this yard, you can cut this. Nobody lives in this house. You can cut their hair, come out of this neighborhood, go back down this alley. And then you're back over to where the canal is. You drop down in the canal. You go and you come up out of here. And it's like, um, nobody's going to catch you if you get past a certain point. There's just not, it's not, it's not, it's not practically okay. Yeah. They could probably pull out the, the, the choppers and the, the, the search dogs and all that, but that's, that's not going to happen for a group of thug kids. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, there's all kind of stuff I heard about that like, oh yeah, it's like, oh yeah, the cops get up. Oh yeah, we got up and we ditched them over here. And it's like, oh yeah, what'd you do? You go down, uh, did you go down? The, oh, you got to, you got over the canals and got out. And like, yeah, they got the canal and they got out. They got, went through the canal and went through the tunnel and went out and came out over. It's like, yeah, it's like, in other words, the cops weren't a concern, really. It's just like you kind of had pretty much free reign. I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's like how really effective are they at stopping a determined criminal, you know, so-called criminal, whatever, that's going to get up to some, you know, monkey business or whatever. It's like, it's, I, it's like, I don't know. I just remember back then it's like, yeah, I just weren't really too worried about cops. It's, they weren't, they weren't, uh, they weren't a concern. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, it just wasn't, just didn't really, um, I know some dudes that did some really just outlandishly stupid stuff and went to jail, but it's like, man, you just are just asking for it, dude. Just totally asking for it. Like one guy. So I, you know, I'm with him, and then he's like, Oh yeah, let's steal his truck. And I was like, no dude. It's like, I don't want to do that. You look at it from the perspective of an older man, you're like, what in the hell are you talking about? But, you know, like some, you know, 18, 19, it starts, you just get that in you, and, you know, get, and it's men. You know, women don't have that kind of thing, but men just, yeah, yeah let's just you know, chuck. Females don't understand that. But yeah, it's like, I was about 15, I guess, 14, 15. And, uh, yeah, this is one kid I would hang out with time time Danny and like he was the kind of guy I think he was like in in a lot of ways he he was a nice guy and he would like help you or do anything for you. he would give you the he would literally give you the shirt off his back he was like mm-hmm. but he was in other ways a, a complete through and through sociopath like he gave <laughs> yeah. zero fucks about law or whatever. He just did not care. He didn't mind going to jail. He didn't wasn't scared to go to jail. He'd been in jail. I don't know how many times. There's just no way to count how many times the dude been in jail. He just <laughs> did not care. He just but was like, okay, so I was with him. He's like, yeah, I'll steal a truck. And I was like, no, dude, I, I don't think so. It was like kind of, it was just too in the open. And it was like, it's like it's I, didn't, I, don't, and I didn't like fucking with people's shit. It's like, okay. If we're right, gonna right. On so many levels. It's that, not a but, good idea. Yeah. And then, so he proceeds as I, I said, well, okay, I'll go back at, at a safe locale here and just watch you go ahead. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like I'm going to see what you do. And so he, he's going to pick up a cinder block and like he, he was doing it. Like if you were to watch somebody just going to their own car, like they would, but he, that's how just completely 
uh, nonchalant he was about it. He just picks up a cinder block, he walks over to the truck, puts it to the side window, breaks it out, gets in the truck, and proceeds to hotwire it. The dude knew cars inside it out. He was going to have it hotwired in, in no time and have it running. But before he got around to it, like, uh, the, the, it was at a bar and then, uh, I guess somebody heard the cinder block going through the truck and yeah. took note of the fact that the dude was br- obviously brazenly breaking into a truck. I mean, and then, yeah, he got nabbed. I think some, some dudes, uh, came out of the bar and grabbed him and then called the cops and the cops showed up and took him. But, uh, I was like fucking long gone before that ever happened. But yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, um, but I remember it well. And it was like, uh, yeah, it's like this guy just doesn't, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like all kinds of stuff that dude did, but, uh, yeah. And, 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 and the most the funny thing about it though, is like when I go into this is like the most, typically the most brazen and outlandish stuff that he would attempt, he usually got away with, which is pretty interesting as far as, uh, like, like, um, as far as like crime that goes on and like how somebody gets kind of gets, gets that mindset and they don't, they, they just don't really care about cops. They don't care about what it consequences or whatever. They're just, just something in his head. Like he just, he just, that's what the kind of stuff he would do. And he would just, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, he, he ended up dead and, uh, wow. uh, um, I, I, I don't know what happened because I quit hanging out with him like a long time before that, but I heard about him. He turned up dead, but, uh, I, I figured that, uh, he just, he just got in with the wrong group and, and got in, in the middle of some kind of, um, drug gang or something. I don't know what happened, but yeah, he, he ended up dead, but yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, this stuff goes on and, um, uh, if, if you got somebody's intent on doing that type of stuff, there's, I don't think the, there's anything in place that's that much of a deterrent is what I'm trying to say. It's just, it's not because the, yeah, I, well, I mean, I guess for the cop to be at the right well, place at the right time. It's just impossible. But I mean, you're saying that, that he did go to jail for, you know, like, and, and, and that is part of the, you know, you talk, you know, think, look at the overall landscape of, of law enforcement. And, uh, um, you know, you, you do want somebody there. You know, he did go to jail and he, and justice was served. He, you know, like he stole a car, he went to jail. And, you know, yeah. like that, that you, you know, so, so, you know, and, and if, uh, you know, I think, I think, you know, everybody would agree that, that, uh, you know, that's, uh, there's nothing wrong with that picture. And, uh, you do want some agency there to, uh, you know, intervene in, in that situation. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, you, you would, uh, uh, have to deal with that, at, you know, in the way that our whole society and system is structured. Yeah. You know, but, uh, then how, how did they deal with the criminal mindset prior to all this, uh, so from what I understand, like police force and stuff that didn't exist to like 
not even like 200 years ago or something. I don't know. Maybe maybe a little bit farther and back. But a, as we know it today, our modern centralized policing and the, the way it's structured, all that is relatively new on the scene, you know, as far as. But prior to that, it was more like uh, community cohesion and stuff like that. And people handled matters amongst themselves and like people might hear that and say, Oh, that'd be terrible. But it's like, uh, I don't, I, I, I don't know how much worse that would be than a lot of the stuff that goes on now where people would get thrown in the slammer for possessing uh, marijuana, which is like, that's doesn't harm anybody. Yeah. You didn't have all that. Exactly. So, yeah. So in order to keep guys like, my old running buddy Danny off the street, you got to accept the circumstances where not only they throw him in jail, but they throw people with bags of weed in jail and they throw people who uh, forget to pay a parking ticket in jail and uh, yeah. anybody else they want to throw in jail uh, yeah. to justify their existence. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it just seems like a really, really bad trade off. So, yeah. I mean, how would you deal with a little thug kid if uh, it was just kind of community cohesion and stuff like that that was in place? Like, oh, there would be a way to deal with them. I mean, you wouldn't have to. I don't know, but to see, it's it's these it's these you know deeper kind of psychological issues too, like uh, that that are at work, and they're just like symptoms of of the culture and society too. And it's like, oh yeah, you're just making excuses for criminals. Like, oh well, I mean, you have to look at that stuff. And it's like, now the guy wasn't somebody that would like he wouldn't hurt uh a flea man i mean the guy wouldn't hurt nobody like you know but you know he's just wants to get up to some crazy shit i mean i don't know like i don't know but you know, yeah but like, once you start talking about you know property you know like like stealing a truck that's a, oh i'd be pissed if my truck got broken yeah into and so yeah I'd be no. upset i just wouldn't like it at all but i don't yeah. think it's even really funny i don't really but I was just given that example of how just, you know, like that, that it, it goes on. And like, even like somebody who's been to jail multiple times and like, they, they just have a mindset and it's like, you know, so I guess like they could eventually go to life in prison or a long stint in jail. It doesn't like end that. well with that mindset. Yeah. I, I, I would say that, 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 uh, it, it just, you know, and yeah, you know, I think if you have that mindset, you'll be able to, you know, you kind of have a superpower in a way that, you know, like you said, you can, you know, you say, oh, I could do this, that, and the other, but then that, that just is, um, you know, and I think in, in some sense, you know, you, um, uh, people in that, in that situation, they, they want to get caught and, and they'll, you know, maybe even sub, I, I don't know that much about it, but, but, you know, maybe even subconsciously, do something that um, that that uh, is just stupid, you know, just to just to just to end, you know, get have some kind of closure for the um, situation. But then, you know, I think part of and this this all ties into, you know, like uh, uh, you know, one of the things I, I you know, just in in, in uh, terms of what we talk about, um, you know, like that's uh, it all ties into war and. Uh, uh, you know, like that kind of mindset is, uh, you know, it has a, uh, you know, like that, that kind of, you know, like I said, this male chest, uh, 
You know, I, I, I remember hearing some experiment that was done. Um, uh, it, it, somebody was trying to devise a way to, to, to tell boys from girls just on the basis of a, of a you know, like not looking, but just like, you know, like just, a, just from a certain data. And uh, it was sort of an experiment where there was like a ditch, and I, I think they were doing it on, you know, like uh, uh, whatever, uh, eight or nine-year-old children. And uh, the boys would always take the risk of uh, jumping over this uh, ditch. Where you could almost tell, you know, the difference between boys and girls right there from, okay, the boys are going to do that risk. And so you can extrapolate that into – you know, this kind of behavior of like, you know, let's steal this truck or, you know, like you just oh, get yeah. that. Yeah, it's, you know, like, uh, it, it's like a contest, you know, to, to prove uh, like who's bolder, who's more. Right. And like, like with Danny, it's like, okay, your hands down the most belligerent dude here, man. It's like, you don't, it's like, <laughs> he's going to do And that. there's a kind of honor in that. You it's know, like, it's yeah, like, he you know, got, most- he would. Okay, so all the neighborhood kids are talking about him. Oh, Dan, okay, yeah, I saw it. And then I would like tell, okay, yeah, I was there and I saw it. And, you know, and I'd, you know, tell the story like I told it. And then it's like, oh, yeah. And then everybody like laughs or, you know, it's like, Danny, he's fucked. And then, they, you know, like, oh, yeah, he's crazy. He's this and that. And he's like, yeah, he got off on that, obviously. And that's what he mm-hmm. motivated. Like, did he want a truck? No, you give a shit about the truck or like he would have probably just did, dropped it off somewhere when he got done with it and then the guy would get his truck back and then of course the windows broke out and that's fucked up and the guy had to get a ride home and that's fucked up but you know it's like uh that's what it's you know it's about it's kind of this this yeah it's like you described jumping a uh, doing some daring stunt and you know of course it did all that too and kids and jumping ramps and doing stupid shit and hurt right no i Laughing about I, I, it, I'm like, oh, who, who's gonna? Yeah, I got ballsy enough to do that, and okay, who's ballsy enough to do this or to break into this place and you know steal all the shit out of it and then get get away for the cops come and do all this. You know, it's just yeah, one upmanship, and then it just yeah escalates, and then before you know it, it's like oh, Grand Theft Auto or whatever, and um, yeah, before all the video games, that's what kids do. They actually <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, you know, I, I, I don't play, I uh, have a friend that had that game, and wow, that is uh, just a C, oh, this is a game, really? You but know, then, like, you go, you, you think you're all in the, uh, the you think you're in with, the, oh, yeah, we're in the, we're in this crowd, yeah, look at, you know, here, we're telling stories about, you know, all the shit we did, and then, uh, then I hear, I, I go to school, and it's like, oh, yeah, you hear what happened to, so and so, yeah, he stole a he stole a highway patrol car and like ran it to a ditch and it's like, oh okay, and went to jail and that's why he's not in school today. And uh, yeah, it's just yeah, but you know they're doing the same thing. They're just like, uh, you know, double dog dare or whatever. And then oh yeah, it's like so I guess he he come up to like a Seven Eleven or something. They was went there with the intention of getting some Slim Jims or whatever. It's, you know, in accordance with the uh, Randy Savage and all that directive. And then, but they see a cop car sitting there uh, idle. It's like, oh yeah, I got an idea. And then they take, take it on a high speed chase and then end up running, <laughs> running it to the canal or something. I don't know what they ended up doing, but yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, they went to jail. So there's this uh, uh, other guy I, I don't hear about his exploits. And then, uh, but he was like a, he was like a rich kid that was from like a, uh, uh, 
like a like a fairly prominent local fan. I think his dad was a judge too. This is crazy, and, mm-hmm. and his buddy was uh, this black dude. And I think his parents were like um, politically connected and everything. From what I understood, like, and, and those two guys were just completely just out of control. And yeah, they do stuff like that. It's like. Yeah, I don't know, but that's like crime, you know, crime, like societal problems, issues and stuff like that. But it's like, um, oh, yeah, they're going out to like hurt people or wreak havoc or anything. Like that. It's not, it's just like, yeah, like you described, like, oh, you, you know, you start out your kids, you're, you're jumping ramps, you're daring each other to do, you know, it's like a, the male, uh, you know, posturing and doing all that and like one up the ship and whatever you want to call it. And it, yeah, just sometimes it, 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 it goes out into those areas of, oh, yeah, I bet you won't do that. It's like, oh, okay, watch. You know, it's like, next thing you know, you're, hey, you got your own, uh, you know, personal patrol car going out the lights blaring and, you know, high speed chase and all that. But yeah, whatever, you know, it's like, yeah, that's, 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 you know, crime, you know, to try to, put it put it in a kind of a perspective like that but yeah it's like uh oh did did you want the stuff out of that you know storage shed behind the school that sports equipment stuff stole out of there and took out and no i didn't really care about it but it's just the idea of just getting it out of there you know and yeah yeah, just different just bullshit you know like that just no need for the stuff or want for the stuff just oh it's there and then it's just something to uh yeah you know just okay yeah you brazen enough to do it you know it's like oh yeah and of course you don't want to get caught and of course you don't want to get in trouble but yeah it's uh yeah i don't know it's like yeah it's uh it's just uh yeah and then you know you get uh all the, you know, okay, what kind of fam- family dynamics are going on at the, these, these teenagers' homes and stuff like that. You, you're probably not going to find a, a stable, really, uh, uh, you know, right. level, level like, home life, you know, it's like, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Right. Like, I, it all, like yeah. all that kind of stuff, like starts on some, like, uh, you know, like emotional level. And, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know how much I believe. And I, I used to be, a, a kind of half believer in a, a psychologist, uh, named Wilhelm Wright. And, uh, he wrote a book called, and I, I don't know how much I, I, you know, like, especially like with what's come out on the internet in recent years. And, you know, he was, Wright was a student of Freud. And, uh, um, you know, a lot of it is, uh, you know, like this, you know, based on, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, things like, you know, like, uh, just, uh, um, you know, like, like, uh, sexuality and, uh, you know, like the Oedipus complex in the case of Freud, which I think has been, um, discredited. But, uh, he wrote a book called the, uh, uh, the mass psychology of fascism. And, uh, uh, one of, and, and so he had this, Wright had this whole thing about the, uh, um, you know, I don't know if you know, the, the orgone and, and then, you know, like, and, and the reason I think he's kind of suspect right now is because, you know, he's one of these people with the, you know, like in the, like in the feminist revolution, the sexual revolution that, 
just kind of seemed to imply that if you just like, you know, let your, you know, desire, you, you know, I think I, I remember in one of these books, he's got like this, uh, this drawing of a, of a worm or something. And, you know, it's like, well, if you inhibit this worm, uh, it's, you know, like it, it um, it's not going to develop properly. And so like the whole solution to mankind's problems is just to, you know, like, like uh, this uh, sensual free expression, which I, I don't, I don't, you know, necessarily agree with, but one of the things that he did point out was um, that, uh, you know, like you're talking about these family problems, and like a lot, there are, and, and I, I kind of feel this just from growing up in America, you know, that there were just some kind, and, you know, I don't know what it's like to grow up in, you know, any other society, and, you know, I suspect, um, you know, that, that it, this might just be like a, you know, like a human condition, but, uh, but yeah, you got to believe, you know, somebody's like, you know, going around stealing trucks like that. It's like, well, you know, it, it probably, it does suggest, it's like, well, there's like some kind of weird stuff going on at home that, you know, started when you were a kid and, you know, you just have this mindset of, um, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't quite put my finger on it. And like I said, I, I feel like I, I experienced it to some degree where, um, it just wasn't, um, and, and I think that this, this and I want to say this is starting to get off in the woo land, but that, that, and this is what I'm talking about, the mass psychology of fascism, that the state needs the family to be a hard place, right? The state yeah. benefits from. Yeah, and they benefit kind of, from, they benefit when, uh, you know, teenagers, people growing up and they act out in those ways. And that's, that's a big benefit to the. So yeah, that's because you know when I you know tell the stories and stuff, it's like oh god, thank God for cops, you know. It's like yeah, so there you go. So you got the um, uh, deliberate, intentional uh, breaking apart of the family, and then when that starts to you know manifest itself in different ways, and then you got the uh, reinforcing the system, and then it, it builds and feeds upon itself. And then it's just yeah, symptoms of a problem that never get addressed, only get compounded. And then you got a system that operates off the threat of force and violence. So then like uh, when, when somebody acts uh, like that, oh, if you want it, just take it. Or, for, you know, it's like, oh, oh, we get to do it to like a third world country or something like that as a, a collective. But uh, individual does that same, same exact thing. They need to go to jail. And then you got that uh, built-in hypocrisy right there where it's like, uh, yeah, as a collective, we can go rampage into another country and uh, basically level their landmarks and reorganize. And right. Well, and this is what I'm saying about this guy that's breaking into country. It's like that guy, that's, that's the kind of soldiers you, you know, like that's, well, that's the kind of soldiers that the empire wants, right? The empire wants that guy. He's just going to go back, yeah, let's just go break shit. And, you know, just tell me what to do. And and he's already had this, and this is part of, like, the, you know, mass psychology and the Wilhelm Reich point, too. It's like, this is how soldiers are made, right? So you're in this state of emotional confusion. you got this, like, male aggression, and it's just like, let's sign me up for the Army and tell me who to shoot. Yeah, I mean, you could have had... Uh, Danny sign up to go to, over to Iraq, and then he can throw cinder blocks through whatever window he wants, and then he's a war hero. Right, and, and he's uh, exactly he's brave. It's all all that that same brave. mindset is courageous. And right, 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 right. Yeah, 
Yeah. So we got other callers, it looks like. And, uh, yeah, uh, just go ahead and chime in and, uh, yeah, just give. Well, yeah, you were, you were just talking about Wilhelm Reich. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. Yeah, good. Uh, who, who, uh, who, who's this? Where, where are you calling from there? This is, uh, Uninstall Media. How's it going, Chris? Oh, good, man. Yeah. Good. Good to have you call in, dude. Yeah. So, uh, so you know about I'm not sure I'm not sure what the satellite is saying as to where I'm from tonight but um it's there on the Talkshoe. I can't access the Talkshoe client that's why I'm calling in but uh yeah you're talking about Wilhelm Reich and I want to recommend a book he wrote called Listen Little Man have you ever heard of that one I've heard of it mm, no I'm looking at a website, uh, listenlittleman.com, and I think it has the text of the book or some of it. But it's a, it's a good one, you know, just um, going into the uh, psychology of slavery, basically. And another point that I, I was reminded of from your previous discussion about jail and these types of people who act out and do all kinds of crazy stuff and get locked up. You know, a lot of these people actually enjoy being in jail. Uh, I've been in jail myself for a couple months in a county jail, so I know from firsthand experience that uh, some people are very happy to have three meals a day, whether or not they're garbage, they don't care. They have three meals a day, they have a bed, it's warm, they can play games and watch TV all day, and they're very happy there. Yeah, and because it's a, it's a structured environment, and uh, that's what they that's what they that's what they set up there, and uh, it's you have like a a sense of security, like probably like the, a lot of people that end up jail never really had that in their whole life. They never had any kind of real structure. Everything was kind of in flux. Like their parents, you know, divorce and their mother gets another boyfriend and that stays with them for a couple of months and then he leaves and they never have a, a father figure or a, a, a stable home. So it's like they go to jail and everything's kind of like on a, on a program and it's kind of like, it's predictable. It's everything is kind of leveled out. It's all kind of just, um, yeah, it's all, all structured. And, and, uh, so yeah, they, that's, that, that is like, a comforting uh, in, a, in a weird way yeah yeah and if you can get along with your cellmates and if you can get along with the guards or if you can be the alpha dog or whatever then yeah you can figure out how to make it very comfortable but me personally i hated every single second of it <laughs> you know being locked up in a cage there's nothing fun about it being force-fed garbage food um, oh, you know, there's no, there's no way that that could make me happy. And, you know, we got, we got to get let out onto the roof to play basketball a couple times. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't in the mood for games. So I just walked around the outside of the cage basically. And one guy came up to me and said, you know, you ever seen a tiger in a zoo, just walking, pacing by the fence. That's what you look like right now. And I was like, I took that as a compliment because that's how I really felt. Yeah, just pacing. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. When I... That sounds sad. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Well, it was garbage, and it was all because of our bogus, uh, you know, drug laws, essentially. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, you're not a hardcore criminal, huh? Yeah, what is even that? It's like, yeah, I don't know. I talked to dudes in jail when I was in there, uh, especially in that lockup in uh, Albuquerque. There was so many people in there. And uh, so, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, so what do you do to get in here and all that? And it's like it, it's it was generally uh, some kind of drug thing. It's like you described, like they got busted with some drugs, like usually a small amount. Or it was, and then they had, you know, multiple offenses of the same thing. Uh, or it was uh, a domestic, uh, incident. And then, and then the story was always very similar. It's like, oh yeah, what happened? It's like, oh yeah, my girlfriend attacked me with a circular saw. So I went to jail. It's like, oh yeah, that, yeah. It's like, uh, that, 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 that was very common. It's like, yeah, domestic, uh, dispute domestic thing and um yeah it's like just everybody i talked to had the same basic story something something real similar one guy was in there because uh he got mouthy with a security guard in a mall parking lot and he was like drunk and uh maybe on drugs too but he got a little bit too mouthy with the security guard and so he goes to jail and uh so he was in jail separated from his family and uh so maybe the guy needed detox or maybe the guy needed some kind of uh, uh, inpatient, uh, you know, drug treatment or something like that. But no, he's going to go to jail. And then, uh, you know, thinking about, OK, yeah, I want to get drunk when I get out and and then repeat, rinse and repeat. And so, yeah, that's what your jails are doing. They're just fighting the drug war, fighting the drug war and. uh then the domestic stuff, the domestic disputes and the domestic, uh, the breakdown of the family, the fallout from that, 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 that sort of thing. Yeah. I was, I was in there with a lot of black guys and Mexicans and, um, they, they were all, you know, fairly, we, we got along, I guess. I'm not going to say they were nice, but we got along. And they, most of what they were in there for was for, uh, like, you know, drug offenses related to the gangster lifestyle that they thought they had to live out, uh, you know, to get out of the ghetto and that type of thing. And the, the other two, uh, white dudes that were in there were in there for a bank robbery. One of them did it physically, forcefully in person. And the other one did it online through hacking. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, he was waiting to go to federal prison. He was going to be in for a while. For hacking into a bank? Yep. Federal charges, yeah. Wow. Why did so, I mean, it was, a, it was a pretty eye-opening experience. I learned a lot about human psychology, actually, being locked up. And so I, I guess, you know, I can't say I'm thankful for it, but I did learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of learn about, uh, yeah, what it's like inside of those places and what goes on. And yeah, it's not, it's definitely not pleasant by any standard, but, uh, it's not what they depict on the movies and TV. It's not like you, well, I mean, at least from my experience, I've never been to a penitentiary or anything like that, just lock up and all that, but it's like, uh, yeah, was it like they show where like some big dude walks up and, you know, 
snatches your lunch and starts crap with you. It's like, man, see any of that kind of stuff going on. It's just like, everybody's just kind of like, it's like a routine, like, oh yeah, jail again. And just waiting <laughs> to get out. My girlfriend's going to send me some money in here so I can get some snacks. And that's what everybody was kind of concerned about. It's like getting a comb or getting a spoon to eat their cup of noodles or something. Just regular just routine. Oh yeah. Just, no, you, uh, you, you, you put your, you mix your Cheetos in with your cup of noodle and that's your burrito, right? But you call that a burrito. Oh God. Right. <laughs> and then you can so trade you, and upgrade your you, burrito for a, for maybe a grilled cheese sandwich or something like that. So that's, that, that's kind of it's all these negotiations. That's funny. Like, um, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Larkin Rose. So he got, putting a federal lockup for like tax evasion or whatever. And he was talking about it. Oh yeah. There's like a whole economy that goes on inside these lockups, you know, it's like, uh, but it's like, Oh yeah. It's, is it regulated? Is it like the go No, it's like just people just naturally trade stuff. And then there's like all this bargaining and trading and all this economy that's inside these prisons. And like, uh, does it need to be regulated and controlled and everything like that? No, it just, it just goes off without a hitch and under the nose of the guards and everything else, trading everything else. So you can like trade and upgrade and everything, get pretty much whatever you want. And it's like, but it's in, inside a prison. So if anything would be controlled, it would be inside a prison, but you have all this unregulated commerce inside prison where, you know, they're trading and selling anything from cigarettes to hardcore drugs to candy bars to, sneakers or whatever you know cell phones and yeah yeah people people get drugs and uh, people get drugs sent in sometimes the guards are distributing drugs and yeah like you were talking about before chris uh, about guards i mean this is a special like breed of human being who takes this kind of job right because yeah i mean like you said they just see you as an animal behind in a cage that's it. Like you look in their eyes, there's no human connection there. There's no human connection possible. Right. right. It's, it's truly fucked up. No, they, they have to adopt this, uh, per perspective. Like, you know, because like really when you kind of think it through and it's like, you, and then you kind of realize like, what are most of these guys in for? And it's like, Oh yeah, that's what I pretty much spent the whole weekend doing. And it's like, uh, I'm not in jail, but these guys are. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I punched my girlfriend in the face this morning before I went to work. And it's like, uh, and I knock one of her teeth out, but I'm not in jail. And these guys are in, in going to spend two years for doing not even close to that much violence. You know what I mean? But it's like, so they have to like adopt this elitist kind of mentality. Like, well, I'm not in jail because I'm one of, uh, you know, I, de I associate my power with the system and, and authority and like, um, like I, I, I am one of the other, you know, I'm, I'm something beyond law and order and all that. I, I am the law, you know, I'm, you know, I think they're all, I, I think that Judge Red movie is probably poignant in the fact that it, it, it kind of like it, 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 it sort of communicates that mentality or like, you know, cops and they see themselves, they are the law. They're not subject to it. It's the same thing with jailers and all that stuff. Cause I think, uh, yeah, it, it, like you're saying, yeah, they have to like put themselves in that mindset to one degree or another. Cause 
yeah, you know, it's like it, it's so uh, hypocritical to try to keep a, 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 a regular human perspective on, on everything. You have to you have to really buy into the illusion that a, a badge and uh, a uniform and stuff actually means something. Yeah, I mean, I just can't imagine what those people do when they get off work, when they clock out and they go home. You know, I, do they even have families? Some of them do, I'm sure. But I think, the you know, the ones that I saw didn't seem like they had families. They just seemed like they were lone, um, lone nuts. But, you know, I mean, maybe they're the ones who should be locked up. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't really think anybody should be locked up, but... That, that was just a joke, but um, well, yeah. So it, like, it was so it was so weird, man. Just, I mean, you try to have a simple conversation with some of these people, and yeah, maybe they'll you know talk about the weather or, or something like you know superficial, but beyond that, you're just there's a wall there, and that's entirely uh, psychological. You know, it's the system, it's that kind of entrenched mind control that just runs so deep. Well, you know, why, uh, speaking, you know, he talked about that position of the lower middle class, which basically the, that's the guards. That's, that's the guards. They're in one of the hardest sections of society where they have to, you know, do the bidding of their, you know, uh, uh, corporate masters or, or whatever. And yet they're still like, you know, have their feet in the, in the, in the grounds of the, of the, you know, penance. So, um, you know, so it is a hypocritical situation that they're in, you know, but they're, but, but it's not just them. They're embodying that, you know, they're the, they're the ones, and this goes for cops too, you know, it's like they're the ones that have to actually, you know, we all live in that same hypocritical society, but they're the ones that have to actually embody it in a, in a, in that psychic sense. And, and that's really, that's hard. It's hard. Yeah, so we'd sit around in these chairs in a circle and everybody takes turns kind of speaking their mind about, oh yeah, what, how can I improve? How can I stay out of trouble? That sort of thing, you know, kind of, uh, kind of like a, a little, uh, show and tell session or whatever you want to call it. So. Yeah, you know, and then if people are talking about, yeah, you know, I just want to go home, I just want to be with my family, and I want to, you know, get off the booze or, you know, that that kind of thing. And then, yeah, it, so it came around to me, and I said, yeah, so I'm in here for, you know, refusing the breathalyzer. I wasn't even drunk. I got in a damn car accident, and I'm in jail. And uh, I'm listening to these stories and stuff like that. I see what people are in here in jail for us, like, uh yeah, so I I asked the lady that's heading up the worker there. I said, "What do you what do you think all this is for? Do you think this helps society? Like, wh what is the point of all this? That's what I want to know. It's like, what it, what do you think you're accomplishing here? It's like, uh, does this make any sense to you? And then she, I noticed she was sort of taken aback, and she she appeared to be a bit embarrassed, you know. So it's like she didn't really have a a response or reply to it, you know. It's like. Uh, so, you know, yeah, they, they kind of go, it's like, I don't think she's a bad person or anything. It's just, you know, she's a nice enough lady. And, you know, there's people in there that were the, the workers and the, 
uh, the shrinks and the people that really nice people, you know, trying to, um, you know, bend over backwards to help me out. Cause they said, Oh yeah, you're, you're, you don't really belong in here. I don't know why you're in here, but yeah, it's like, uh, um, it, but then, you know, you get the, the guards in there and then there was like a couple of them. I don't know what their deal was with me, but so they'd have, uh, it come around to like, okay, you go on lockdown. And so you go into your cell. So you're there in a, a cell to yourself. And then it's like this big metal door that's got an automated lock on it. that They control from behind the desk. And so, you know, 10 o'clock rolls around. And it's like, okay, you, you can go out and go into the, you know, communal area and all that where they have all the tables and stuff out. And um, so they had unlock all the cell doors except for mine. And so I would like, you know, so when you hear the buzzer, you push on the door and it opens. Well, mine didn't open. And it's like, oh, the fuckers didn't unlock my door again. And so I would like, okay, what can you do? So you're locked in. You don't get to get out. And everybody else is getting out. It's like you want out of the damn cell. And it's like, you know, I've been in there for however many days. And it's like, shit. So I don't need to pull in this dumb shit on me. It's like. And uh, it wasn't in there causing the trouble. I wasn't mouthing anybody or anything. I was just like, I, I, I don't know why they singled me out to, to fuck with me. I have no clue. Maybe because I made that comment or something. I don't know. But um, um, so I just sit there and I had these, you know, uh, they issue these slippers. Like they're kind of hard rubber sole on the bottom. And I would just, okay. So I grab this slipper and I start hitting it against the door like boop. And I'd wait a second, hit it against the door, boop, hit it again, and sit there for about uh, 20 minutes doing that. I ain't got nothing else to do. And then the door would go, beep, and click, opens. It's like, oh, we forgot to open your door. I said, yeah, you forgot to open my door again. And, uh, yeah, they don't want to hear the boop, 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 boop for going on all day. You want to hear it going all day? I'll sit here all damn day and do it until you open the fucking door. You know, you know it's like, yeah, you just... Yeah, you're just dealing with psychotic people that just want to, yeah, fuck with you. You know, it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, it's like, I'm thinking, it's like, what do they do when nobody's watching? You know, it's like, what do they do? You know, it's like, and, and then there was another guard in there, like, like he was totally sympathetic to me. He was like, I could tell he was genuinely, uh, you know, like, Hey, yeah, I know, like he told me, he said, man, I know you don't belong here. And like, I hope you get out soon. And, you know, he's trying to help me out and try to, how I can get bonded out and do all that stuff. But yeah, it's like, yeah, but you got the just psychotics that are in there too, man. And they, they just, they, they just, uh, they thought they got a good, good kick out of that. And they did, did it multiple times to me. And, um, yeah, I just couldn't figure, you know, just that's, it's like, oh, yeah, that's how you guys get your kicks. So I just walk over to the desk when they're sitting there. And, uh, yeah, they wouldn't make eye contact with me. So I was just stand there and just, like, stare at them. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, what you guys doing back there? What you, what you looking at? It's like, what you, you know, just stand there and stand there. It's like, what, what are they going to say to me? I can't stand there. I'm behind the line. It's like, uh, yeah, and they wouldn't, wouldn't look me in the eye. wouldn't even look over at me. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like they don't even – regard me as a human being and they, you know they i'm sure they knew what i was in there for and everything it's like they care now it, it's it i think it was like uh like what you guys are talking about like they have to you know um like you know they know like a lot of people don't 
don't belong in there, but they have to like, um, resume that position, you know, like, yeah, you know, you deserve it some way or another. And we're gonna, we're gonna administer, you know, our brand of justice in whatever way that we can get away with, you know? So, yeah. So when I hear yeah, it, it's, it's a funny places, I believe it. It's a funny thing. Cause I think that line of work attracts people who want to help other people, but it also attracts psychopaths and sociopaths. Mm. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty strange. I, yeah. It's like, yeah. So you can't just broad brush paint everybody in those institutions with the same brush, but, uh, yeah, it is absolutely, and it's just insane. It's absolutely insane. The whole, whole system. And, and then they say there's like 2 million people in prison right now and locked up in these institutions and jails and stuff. Like as we're sitting here talking, there's all these people that are locked up in jail right now. Just millions of people is like absolutely crazy. Yeah. And they don't get Wi-Fi. They can't listen to this show. They they can only listen to Art Bell. <laughs> and another point about like the psychology of people who are locked up the most favorite the most popular show amongst my cellmates was the show cops i'm sure you're familiar with it oh yeah yeah so yeah they, the tv would be on all day and uh, eventually cops would come on and everyone would come out and watch it. And I'm just sitting there like, are you kidding me? Really? We're sitting here watching cops in jail. <laughs> it's kind of funny. That's really bizarre, <laughs> man. And they're probably in, watching this like, look at that asshole. Like, what, like, you know, like, you know. Yeah, they're all laughing. They're all laughing <laughs> at, the, at the perps, at the poor meth addicts who are getting harassed by Florida cops. They're just... <laughs> It is so insane. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's surreal. Huh? It's surreal. It's like really, really bizarre. Yeah, the the war on drugs and all that. Yeah, you, 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 I've watched cops, and it's the same scenario every time. Oh, somebody's in the car. No, it looks like they didn't turn on their turn the blinker when they turn. So they pull them over and like. uh so they so they size him up and so he's a young guy and he's in his twenties. <clears throat> uh somebody's breaking up. Uh yeah, I got a some static on the line there. But yeah, anyway, they search the car for drugs, you know, standard operating procedure. And then lo and behold, they pull out a little baggie that's got like a couple of pills in it. And then they have to explain themselves to the cops how that's, they don't know how that got there. And they never seen that before. And then it's just, just the same kind of routine. And then like, that's what cops is about. And then they'll do a couple of those and they go to a scene of a, uh, domestic call. And it's like, uh, a drunk couple arguing over something about, you know, guess, you know, some dude's wife burnt, burnt dinner or something like that. And they're arguing about it. And, you know, 
they've had, they got a few beers in them and then uh, the, the threat of violence. I mean, I call the cops on you, you son of a bitch. You wait, and then it's like uh, so. It's like oh, cops show up, and then they get they get they're in the middle of a uh, lover spat or something like that, and then trying to sort that out, and then they and then they go back on the drug hunt. And <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, yeah. I was just looking for my I was just looking for my camera officer. Uh, you know you can't punch your mother, son. That's wrong. You can't punch your mother. I don't care if you're looking for your camera. Uh, you're going to sit in the back of the car and think about what you've done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much the summation of it. I mean, that's... I don't see them chasing bank robbers down the road. They don't ever show that. They don't ever show... Uh, I guess occasionally it might somebody that's in a maybe stolen vehicle or something like that, or, uh, yeah, something out on that order, but yeah, well, it's, it's very strange. My, my thought about, about, about the cop show is in, in, uh, I, I suggested this to a friend of mine who, um, is in the, um, you know, might, might have some, and he was, you know, pitching shows. Uh, what about having a show? The innocence, the innocence project. You know the innocence project, Barry Shep. If you don't know the innocence project, it's worth knowing about. And that's what that's a group that they, you know, there's a lot of people in jail that are in, you know, like that they're, you know, poor people that were, you know, that didn't do anything, right? And and they got caught up in the justice system and they're serving. And 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 so now the innocence project they 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 take they turn the tables on the DNA and say okay you have the DNA evidence and then you know like there there's several stories and this would make great TV right which is you know uh, just kind of you know to me goes to show that uh, you know like TV and you know like it, it's not just about entertainment there's a message that they want to get out. Because you can't get better TV. It's like, oh wow, this guy spent you know twenty years in jail for something he didn't do, and now Barry Sheck comes along and 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 proves his DNA evidence that he couldn't have possibly done the crime. So, yeah. uh, you know, like, but you don't see that show. That shows that you know you see you see cops, things like that. They're basically you know glorifying the the and, and they're glorifying the cop, and they're they're you know set from what you're saying. Now it's like they're kind of making fun of the, you know, these poor people, you know, uh, uh, doing meth and, and that kind of thing. And obviously it's, you know, it's easy to make fun of people. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, like that's, that's kind of what I, you know, that other side of it is like, well, there are a lot of people that are, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of people in jail who ought not be in jail. Oh, well, yeah, probably the overwhelming majority of people in jail don't really need to be in jail. It's not really helping them. It's not helping, quote unquote, society. And, you know, especially when you factor in that they're being separated from their families and like, okay, who's watching out for their family? Right? Or, you know, like, okay, their father's out of the house, or their mother's out of the house. And uh, then the, all the repercussions of that that have to be dealt with. And then. Yeah, but, you know, it's probably people doing life sentences and all that stuff that get railroaded through the system. Yeah, I talked about that before. It's like, um, yeah, you happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, man. And uh, it, it doesn't take much to send you up the, up the river for a good long time. And, like, uh, I, I think that's a, 
that's a hazard of living in quote unquote civilization that's not talked about like uh because people just think that's just so far out of the realm of possibility for them but uh yeah i don't i don't think it's that far-fetched to, to end up doing a long jail sentence for something that you didn't do simply for the fact that you know they're they're operating a business and it's you know and i've I gathered from being the system that generally, you know, they, they could care less about you. You know, like they don't know who you are. They don't want to know who you are. Um, I, I literally had, you know, jail guards to absolutely refuse me literally the time of day. Cause I was in a cell and I had no idea what time it was. I had no, and I, and I was, it's, 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 it's unsettling, disturbing. And you know, being locked up like that in a solitary confinement like that, where you, have no frame of reference for anything that's going on. And it's like, okay, mm. what time is it? Like, what am I getting near time where I, I get, I get the hell out of this for a little bit or something. And it's like, and, and then had the, the female jail guard just keep her back to me and not even acknowledge me. And, and I said, yeah, you know what? Thank, thank you. Thank, thanks. It's like, you, you just, okay. Oh, you're literally feeding the time of day. It's like, yeah, th thanks for your service. You know? And it's like, and then she kind of, I noticed her kind of wince a little bit, but that was it. And then I think one of them finally told me what time it was, but it was like, um, yeah, so it's just, yeah, I could see how somebody can get just ramrodded through the system because you're, you're considered guilty. Everybody that's involved, you, you did something to be, end up in jail, obviously. So yeah, if you get, if you get sent up for a, a 10 year stint in the federal pen, uh, then you certainly deserved it because all the evidence for that is that the fact that you're in jail and that's all they need to know. And, uh, if the prosecutor or whatever, um, feels like it's going to be a, a good, uh, career move for him to send you up, uh, you know, it's just another, uh, something that he can put on his, uh, his, uh, resume or whatever. And then it's like, Oh yeah, well, I could, I could easily see him justifying that because, uh, Cause they always, you know, have him in your mind. Well, he must have did something at some time. You know, he probably needs to go to jail anyway. And I, I think that's kind of an attitude there that's like, yeah, because they have, like I said, they adopt that attitude. Like they are special people. Uh, you are scum. Uh, we get to do things that the average person would go to prison for, but we can, you know, to do with impunity. Uh, we, we get to let each other off the hook. We get to overlook our, uh, um, uh, uh, fellow compatriots, we get to overlook their drunk driving. We get to overlook their stuff and let them off the hook. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring the hammer down on you because we got to justify our existence somehow. And yeah, it's quite the system. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. The the what do they call the Innocence Project? The the Innocence Project. Barry Sheck. He was an OJ lawyer. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, Barry Sheck, he's a, he's a brilliant guy. And, uh, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stories. And you look on that website and that website looks made for TV, right? He, you know, like they really have a, you know, like a good media presence and, and, you know, they have a, a, a long list of people that, uh, you know, that they've gotten, you know, just, uh, scientifically proved by like, this guy did not commit that crime. So... You know, and, and, uh, you know, they have to fight to get that because like you said, I think the culture of, of the prison system is you, you know, if you're, you know, they don't want to see that part of it. 
you know, if you're in, you know, because people are benefiting off of it, and, and if you're in there, you know, the culture is, if, if you're in there, there must be a reason. And, you know, that solitary confinement is another thing. And these people, you know, this story like about this, this prison Angola, you know, where, and it's not just Angola down there in Louisiana, but, uh, but, but just throughout the prison system. I just talked to somebody there uh, a couple months ago in California. That's what her job was, is to deal with a liaison between the prison system and these people that were in solitary confinement. And, and there's a lot of people in solitary confinement. And, uh, you know, they justify it as being, you know, and she was talking about it. It's like, well, you know, like, so what they say is, and, you know, like all this stuff does, you know, have this ring of reasons. Always just like, well, you know, they're in gangs and, you know, that's the only way to deal with the gangs. Uh, but, you know, these people are in, in you know, it's for, for some just absurd amount, like years. I say, you know, like I, I know, you know, this isn't an area that I, I, I study all that much, but, you know, like especially, and that is one good thing that, you know, shows like, you know, for, for all its flaws, democracy now and that, you know, that kind of liberal media, you know, that is one thing that they, they talk about and that probably should be talked about more. Uh, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, these people just spend years in, in, in solitary confinement. And now that's, you know, like some of, uh, you know, human rights groups have just said, that's just out, that's just out now torture. There's no other word for it. Oh yeah, and, that's horrible. You know, and and and, and so and, 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 and it, 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 it's common. Oh yeah, probably way more common than people realize. I mean, it's just the nature of the system. Well, for one thing, yeah, it's like uh, oh, like that guy Mark Stevens. I I bring him up a lot because he points out a lot of good, just just obvious truths about the the system. Like uh, yeah, you have a built-in conflict of interest when you go hire an attorney because they work for the system like and you don't and then they have mm -hmm. they have an investment in the system that you don't so it's just like automatic conflict of interest so like uh you know you can maybe even hire an attorney and still get sent up but you know uh yeah but if you don't you don't have any money and like they have some incentive that maybe uh put charges on you that uh, they, they know there's not a strong case, but they know they can get away with it because, you know, that's, that's what they do. And then, mm -hmm. um, yeah, why not? You know, it's like, it's not, it's not a problem for them. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, okay, just another one we could check off the books and then, you know, that's how they're just ramrodding people through there. And the, and the, the, the caseload and everything is just, yeah, it's all kinds of stuff coming in there from all kinds of, you know, all these bullcrap laws and drug laws and all this nonsense. So it's like, yeah, just, just, just ramrod you through what they say, they'll give you a plea deal, just do a plea deal so you can hurry up and get this over with. And then, yeah, serve your jail sentence and get out. And then it's like people just, just absolutely have no recourse. They just have no, nothing they can do about it. No way to fight it. No way to, they, they have no, uh, intellectual self-defense either. That's what, that's what um, I, I try to talk about a lot is like, man, get you some bearings about yourself so you can articulate and make a case for yourself, you know, in case you do not necessarily being put up on false charges or whatever, but just your average just day to day dealings with with so-called authorities, you know, be able to to, to to state your case and to point out the hypocrisy uh, of it in so many words and And, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think it's important that, uh,
people people have some and it's you know it's about it's about you know survival you know in the modern so-called you know society or civilization it's just it's just basic survival that you uh you know actually be aware of these uh real real and present dangers that are out there not these fictional ones that are out there you know that we're mm-hmm. told to be worried and concerned about but that don't amount to nothing like these you know terrorist bullcrap and terrorism and all this nonsense when you know there's like real stuff that can really affect you that you may need to be prepared for you know at least think of the 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 possibility that you know and what's the what's the likelihood that you're going to have to deal with the course or deal with the system at some point is pretty substantial it's pretty high and uh yeah you you take it for granted that they're there to to help and serve you man you got another thing coming you got another thing coming it's like when i tell people that i went to jail for refusing the breathalyzer i mean it's funny like automatically assume that i was drunk driving down the road and i absolutely was not i absolutely was not but see it doesn't matter i was guilty because i went to jail you had to be guilty right like, and, uh, and you're my just to, it's none of my I'm, i hesitate to ask this question it's none of my business but since you brought it up um uh is it the reason you you, you uh, uh refuse the breathalyzer was that it was like a, a principle it was like a, it's a principle is that is that right am i getting that right well, so I don't know. I guess business. with me, there's some other kind of factors involved. I mean, my kind of okay. just just overall resistance to the whole uh, absurdity of the situation. It's kind of like, uh, oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I pointed out this example before. It's like uh, you know, so cops are required to wear cameras, and that's actually that that policy is in place in Albuquerque where I got busted. <laughs> or taken to jail or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so, yeah, you can read about all the instances where, oh, yeah, we had a malfunction on the camera and, like, oh, we don't have any record of this and stuff like that. Right. It's like, oh, well, what happened in this incident where this where this uh, per- unarmed person got shot? So, oh, we don't know because, uh, yeah, then we've got to turn the camera on. It's like, uh, so it's like, oh, you can't operate a, something as simple as a camera but you can operate and calibrate a uh, basically what amounts to a uh, roadside uh, uh, chemistry lab. Chemistry lab. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you want me to breathe into this thing? It's like, how does that make any? It makes absolutely no sense. So, I mean, did I do the right thing or I, did I do the wrong thing? It's like damned if you do or damned if you don't. If I breathe into the damn thing. And it's and it's putting me over a point eight because the damn thing is not even functioning, or it's got some, uh, it, it, it's got something residual in there that's causing it to misread, or I eat a poppy bagel or something like that. It's gonna send the thing off, or I got some kind of uh, gastrointestinal thing. They say that people can have that will set those things off, or any other factors that can set the things off. That is like a conviction right there. I've just yeah. I've just sealed the deal right there. That's the open and shut case. I was drunk driving, and it doesn't matter how innocent I was. So, like you just got you just gotta like try to play the odds one way or other. It's like sometimes you might come out better if you just go ahead and do it. Sometimes you might not. It's just like because I think you know people got it in their minds that if you just comply, everything is going to go good for you. And it's like no, sir. You just yeah. don't know how many people are sitting in a jail right now for DUI 
on one of those faulty, miscalibrated machines. Are you going to ever know? It's like, no, you don't know. But you, so what happened to Bob? Where is he at? He's going to show up for work. Oh, did you, didn't you hear? He's, he was uh, picked up for drunk driving. It's like, oh my God, I didn't even know he drank. It's like, no, I never heard of him drinking either. So, but yeah, he obviously is driving drunk because he's in jail. But, you know, you don't know that he was made to blow into a machine, maybe at a roadside, one of those random drunk driving checkpoints. And mm-hmm. like Bob's like, oh, okay, I'll go. I'll blow in the machine. I'll be on my way. He blows in the machine. He blows way over because the damn thing is not even calibrated right. Or maybe mm-hmm. they just want to throw somebody in jail, whatever, a psychotic cop that just doesn't give a, a crap about anything. He just wants to throw somebody in jail to get his kicks. You know, it's like, is that happening? I don't know. Who knows? But he, he damn sure was driving drunk because he's in jail now. And uh, how often does that happen? Who, it's anybody's guess. But if you think that's impossible, then you, you're living in a delusional fantasy world. So it's like, yeah, maybe it's not the best thing to blow into the thing, but you're not going to win by refusing. You know, It's not going to go well for you. Uh, for sure that way, I know that. And... Uh, but they, they didn't suspend my license, which is weird. Like, they didn't. This is funny. I, they said they did, and they took it from me. But then when I go to get a, a copy of it, I went to the Highway Patrol, and I said, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe check the record on it, see if, you know, everything's cool on it. Because I think I had my I had this thing in there where I was, you know, I told them about the whole deal. And then he said, no, Mr. Kennell, your, your, your record's clear. It's fine. I said, what? And I was like, okay. Oh, whatever. Give me my license back so I can get into the damn bar. No, I, no, just kidding. But yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't driving drunk. I could tell you that. But see, who's going to believe me? Who's going to take my word? Well, that's so I tell the story. It's like, oh, you're drunk driving, Chris, huh? No. Doesn't uh, matter. So it, it just sounds like it was kind of an emotional, you just had a gut emotional reaction to the situation, is what. You, you were in an accident, and it's like you, 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 you just, you, you weren't really, that was just your gut feeling, is, is what it sounds like. And so, okay, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of angry too, because I, well, like I said, I was going to go get my sleeping bag that was blowing away, and I just bought it, and it was brand new. And I said, man, I'm just going to go grab this real quick. And yeah, I'll, I'll answer whatever questions. And then I, I made a motion towards it, and they just, they just, uh, uh, grabbed me, pulled, wrenched my arm behind my back and like, uh, wrenched my elbow. And, uh, yeah, it hurt, man. It's like, damn, it's like, okay, I was, I'm going to get injured now. And, uh, it was just, yeah, just really heavy handed and, uh, just totally out of line. But, and plus I've been in a wreck. So I don't know. It's like, what are they, am I like, uh, yeah, and I was shaken up, and I was, like, kind of discombobulated, and I was kind of just out, off kilter, and um, and that played into it, and then the the cops took that as disobedience, so I was, I was in contempt of cop, and I could have been, I could have had a, a concussion or something like that and been acting weird because of that, or I wasn't acting weird. I was, uh, what I thought was reasonable at the time, it's like, just yeah just let me real quick go get the sleeping bag before it blows off into 
uh, out here into the road. It looks like it was heading the direction, maybe towards the road. I don't know where it was going. It was blowing. The wind picked up, and it was like it was it was kind of just going. Uh, real quickly grab it. And it's like, no, you're going to answer our questions now, like right now. And it's like, holy crap, man. But yeah, so I get thrown in the back of the cop car and then, so they're, you know, insisting that I do this, that, and the other thing and sign this, that, and the other thing. I said, nope, 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 no, I'm not going to do it. It's like you, a couple of illegitimate thugs is going to, put a guy in the back of a squad car without even letting him being checked out by the medical people that was right there fixing to like, you know, take a look at me to see if I was okay. I didn't even know at the time if I was really good or what, I didn't know what was going on, but yeah, so, no, you're going to jail. It's like, uh, yeah, that's what happened. But yeah. So, Oh, you should have just complied. Oh, you should have just blew into the breathalyzer. Oh, you should just do everything they tell you when they tell you. And don't, don't give them any trouble because they have hard jobs and their jobs are dangerous and you should just comply with everything they say, Chris. And then it would have went well for you. It's like, well, Welcome to TalkShoe. Please enter the call ID followed by the pound key. You are now joining the call. Recorded live. You are unmuted. Oh, hey, yeah. So you guys still there? Caller. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay, good, man. Hello? Uh, yeah, so what happens is that uh, it goes over four hours. Uh, talks you just disconnects the call. That's what happened. Oh, right. We're over the four-hour mark now. Damn. Yeah, I wasn't even aware that we were hitting the... Oh, the four-hour limit there. But, yeah, so... Um, well, I yeah, just I wanted to I'll say one thing about the Innocence Project. Uh, the Innocence Project is is only focusing on cases where biological evidence can, uh, you know, vindicate a person like DNA, saliva, semen, that type of thing. But what the Innocence Project will never talk about is that there's no injured party in a parking ticket. There's no injured party in the possession of marijuana and that type of thing. And I think that's what we really need to be talking about. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I guess you should take that into consideration, too. And, uh, yeah, figure out how many people are in jail for so-called crimes that had no victims. Yeah, what what about that, you know? Uh how, how do you have a crime without a victim? But, oh, the victim is the imaginary state fiction. 
but yeah, it's yeah, it's just oh yeah, yeah. You you've harmed, you've somehow harmed all the people in the state of X Y Z just because you failed to signal or have a license or blah blah blah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, I, I just want to say goodbye. I got to go. So it was nice talking to you. I'll talk to you later. You guys have a great night. All right, man. Hey, thanks, Paul. Okay. Have all right. Bye bye. All right. Take care. Stay out of jail, dude. Yeah, he's in a he's in a bad area, in New York. I hear that's really, really out of control with uh, police and all that. I'm New looking at the Innocence Project uh, website. And they have um, the number of DNA exonerations as 333, 333 DNA exonerations because of the Innocence Project. Slow clap. I'm going to slow clap for that. Yeah. Interesting figure. 333. Yeah, like... uh... Yeah, what is the deal with DNA anyway? I guess uh is that even legit at all? And is this a like Yeah, a, I don't know. A public I'm not trying to I'm I'm re- DNA? I'm really not trying to disparage it. I just found yeah, that I don't funny know. when I looked at their website. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's like there's that magic number once again. Uh I guess we'll go to 334 next week. I don't know. But, like, yes, yeah, happened to look at it, and it's 333. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, that's, uh, well, if they're going to say that, oh, innocent people are in jail, it's like, I, from experience, I, I, I don't have any reason to doubt it at all. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, well, you see these big prisons and you see these big facilities and they're just sprawling and huge. And it's like, hmm, yeah, they must be putting people into them. And that's a represent, a true representation of how many dangerous criminals that need to be kept away from society. Is that really what they represent or they represent something else entirely? Yeah, they, they represent a, a unit of profit, essentially. I mean, when I was locked up, I learned that the same food service company that provides meals to old folks' homes, elderly, you know, retirement care type of uh, facilities, also provides the food for the jail. Yeah, and then... Uh... Well, what happens if they uh, stop the uh, so-called war on drugs and stop doing what they're doing? How many people will be put out of work overnight? It would just be devastating to the economy, absolutely devastating. So, uh, yeah, it must go forward for national security's sake. And, uh, yeah, it's like you talked about multiple times and multiple different ways, all kinds of examples you can find about it. It's like, yeah, take something absurd like that, turn it into an industry and people will just defend it with everything they got. You know, it's like, oh, it's, it's, it must be, it must exist because 
yeah, it's their, it's their livelihood, you know, that's, that's where they, that's where they get paid. So it's like, yeah, it's totally justified and totally reasonable. And it's like, it's total necessity. And yeah, it's just something can be turned into a necessity just by uh, having an industry propped up around it. And it just, you know, you'll have all the people there that are benefiting from it that, uh, just want to see it keep going, you know? And, uh, Oh yeah. I mean, if we close down, if we close down prisons, think of how many people would lose their jobs. I mean, they'd have to go to work in, you know, schools like elementary schools. They'd become phi ed teachers and science teachers and stuff like that. I mean, how awful. I just, uh, God, yeah, I mean, we got to keep people at work for sure. Yeah. You keep people busy. They can go and, uh, yeah, piddle them around with drugs, go to jail and watch other people who on TV who are on cops that got put in jail too. And they can laugh at it. And then, uh, yeah, and then, uh, they get to have a show and that gets to advertise on that. And then they could, uh, yeah, it's like everybody's making out on the deal and it's all, it's all profitable and it's all, uh, legitimate because it's, you know, it has its own TV show. It has its own, uh, uh, just, just teams and teams and squads and crews and special agents and covert agents and, uh, you know, undercover, overcover, uh, SWAT teams and reinforcement squads and, Oh, just DEAF, the BATF and then all that. It's like, yeah, that's, and then all the clerical office workers and stuff that support them. And then all the sandwich trucks that bring them lunch in the afternoon. And then, yeah, just make, just make it all very, uh, profitable industry that has all these side industries that support it and supply it with, uh, shower shoes and everything else. And it's like, man, it's here to stay. It's what America's about, making a little bit of money. It doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're making a little bit of money. Got it, you know, like I said earlier, we got a we got an obligation to our shareholders and that, you know, that 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 is uh something that's a concern that takes president uh, over every other concern imaginable. So yeah, will it ever go away? I don't really think so. I don't know. It's like that's that's kinda like saying civilization will go away anytime soon so yeah yeah nah, well, yeah we, we we have to think about the the corporations that supply toothpaste to the prisons and jails we have to make sure their bottom line is covered uh we can't have our prisoners going without cheetos and snickers bars that's unconscionable <laughs> right so you're against what are you against uh snacks in prison? What are you, what's wrong with you, man? Like, you don't think they should have anything to eat in there? Like, yeah, so yeah, you're gonna step on a lot of toes if you start talking about stopping all that stuff. You know, it's like yeah, it's uh but yeah, I think that's a good topic for the holidays. Real good topic for the holidays is yeah, just reflect on all the people who are in jail. And separated from their families and get to eat institutional jail slop and, uh, 
yeah, I think that's something to reflect on during the holidays. I think it's a real good thing to reflect on. All these people in jail right now, all of them in jail. It's like, yeah, they don't belong there, you know. Yeah, I think that's that's a good that's a good subject. I think for this time of year, you know, to to remember that, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah so well, happy Happy Cyber Monday, Chris. Happy Cyber Monday. Oh crap! It's Cyber Monday. Oh, I just missed it by four minutes. So, yeah, I'm asked out of the deal again. I guess. Uh, well, I did go out on Black Friday, so got me some pro propane. I did score some propane. I don't know. Did I get it at a discount? I don't even think I did. I think I paid regular price for it. Yeah, man. I'm just not in the loop, dude. I'm just not in the loop. I don't know. I'm uh I'm on the fringes out here, on the fringe. Well, I got a I got a great discount on the latest Dan Brown book from Amazon, so I'm pretty pleased about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then yeah, I maybe get done with it. You could like send it to somebody in prison. <laughs> yeah, right. Random person. Yeah, I mean, that's a good idea to like send send people. That are in prison stuff. That's a good. That's a good. Yeah, no, that's that's one thing that scary. helped me a lot is actually having a family member send me some books. That was good. Yeah, I guess. That's yeah, a good any, deal. anyone out there, if you know if you know somebody locked up, just send them a book or something. Yeah, do that for the holiday giving season. Remember, folks in prison, and send them something. Yeah, I think that's a good deal. It sounds good. Yeah, just yeah, whatever. Maybe send them. Uh, oh, some organic soap and uh, maybe some some uh, what's that orange stuff that Alex Jones is selling? Oh, uh, yeah, tangy tangerine. Actually, that would probably go over really well in prison. Some powdered drink. You'd probably make booze out of it. Oh, yeah. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. I don't know if they would even allow that in there because it can it ferment. I don't know. I guess if it could ferment. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm sure. Yeah, you could probably maybe. But, uh, yeah, man. All right. So, yeah, you stay out of jail too, man. Watch out for them laws. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I hope we do it again next Monday. I've experienced All right, hey, thanks for the show. Thanks for the call. Good stuff. Always yeah. good. Yeah, glad you called in, man. And, uh, yeah, hope, like I said, I hope we do it next Monday. Uh, and have a good night. And, yeah, like, so everybody that's still here, Oh, account name sweetness, Benjamin J, Tropic, uh, Greg and G, Jimmy Boy, Mr. Five, Ozzy, Play Bayaya, Wanda Wanda in Southwest Wisconsin. That was just on the call. Thanks everybody that called in too. And John and Paul and Uninstall Media there. And I think maybe there was somebody else that called in that didn't get to chime in or call in next time. 
And, uh, yeah, stay out of jail. Send a care package to prison. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next Monday. Put a little bit of audio flavorings at the end of the call. Kind of taken to doing that. So, yeah, check those out. And, all right, talk to you next time. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Hoax Busters Call. You can subscribe to the podcast at hoaxbusterscall.com. You can support the Hoax Busters Call by rating it on iTunes, sharing it on social media. Fire off a donation at hoaxbusterscall.com. Conspicuous graffiti in public places. Hoaxbusters Call. Conspiracy. Just theory. The ape that stood up, it was a revolutionary idea. We needed Owen Lovejoy's expertise again, because the evidence wasn't quite adding up. The knee looked human, but the shape of her hip didn't. Superficially, her hip resembled a chimpanzee's, which meant that Lucy couldn't possibly have walked like a modern human. But all was not lost. Lovejoy decided he could restore the pelvis to its natural shape. He didn't want to tamper with the original, so he made a copy in plaster. He cut the damaged pieces out and put them back together the way they were before Lucy died. It was a tricky job, but after taking the kink out of the pelvis, it all fit together perfectly, like a three-dimensional jigsaw puzzle. As a result, the angle of the hip looks nothing like a chimp's, but a lot like ours. Minerals and nutrients are polluting our world and stripping your right to environmental contaminants away from you. Science believes you deserve the right to have genetically modified foods. You deserve to have free air and water, toxins, and foods rich in factory farming, and thousands of environmental contaminants. Science helps you regain these rights. Science makes products and provides the best products to enhance your obesity, your diabetes, hypertension, memory loss, allergies, high cholesterol, neuropathy, and well-being. Or to spice things up in the bedroom, Science is here to help you. .com ships quickly worldwide in discreet packaging and will sell your information to anyone for any reason.
For all your wellness, weight control, extreme muscle building, and environmental contaminant needs, visit Science Today. Physicist. Physicist priest. Okay? What a cool thing to have on your <laughs> business card. You got every, you got people coming and going with that. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.